Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast If you like a lot of wrestling on YouTube join our cult Hello and welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast You are watching a man with two hours sleep since Thursday evening But don't worry, to pick up the slack in the world of sleep and resting, we are joined by a man who loves a good lay, Ross Twiddell. Hello, mothers. How are you doing today? Um, Matthew, it's wonderful. Yeah, no. It's wonderful to see you this morning because we thought you died yesterday. Let's tell the viewers what happened yesterday. And Jack the Jobber. Great. Look at the news. That lovely calendar on the wall surrounded by the dogs. If you just look at um, the 10th, was it the 10th or the 11th? The 11th on that calendar there, Matthew. No, the 10th, sorry, on that calendar, Matthew. What does it say? Two oh, days ago. Oh, no, by 404, calendar not found. I don't know what you're talking about, Ross. <laughs> so it must be something related to this, oh, I don't know, this watch-along of this podcast that we will be going to do. The first podcast, that's right. Yeah, we keep getting tweets about this watch-along that we promised to do a long time ago. And viewers yeah. who are asking, we didn't forget about it. We planned to do it on Wednesday. Matthew, last week, wrote it on his calendar for Wednesday. It came along the Wednesday. Matthew, we thought it died, but no, he's on this new because he started a new job, obviously, and he's uh, his, his sleeping patterns arse backwards and a, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, arse backwards in front. It's not a long term thing. It was just the training this week. Oh, but right, I looked at right, it. Right. I went, "That's fine. I've sorted out everything." I mean, let me do the shoppingness in my head. Uh, Tom Campbell, I'm fine with that. The Resident Evil streams on Saturday, at six PM GMT. Oh, they're fine as well. The Cultaholic Podcast with my good friends Ross and Jack. Oh, that's fine as well. That's absolutely everything. I wouldn't even need to look that far ahead of my wonderful calendar. Because what else can you use a calendar for? Other than the pictures of the Moomins, which is the most thing I look at the calendar pictures What for. a fantastic theme song that show has, by the way. Uh, which one? I can't remember. It's got saxophone in. I remember that much. Oh, sorry. I mean, I realise how I said that. Do you mean the new Moomins or the... The one that would have been on CBBC circa 2000 to 2002-ish sort of time oh. when I was going to school. That's the thing I remember. The moments. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the one for the raccoons, by the way? Run with us. You can no. Run with us? Run it's, with us. Was this, oh, it's sweet. Yeah. It's, was uh, this NXT's Wild and Young? You know what? I would watch NXT every week if that was the intro song. <laughs> Speaking of intros, Jack the Jobber, where were you yesterday? Me and Ross were going, God, I can't believe Jack hasn't showed up for this. Okay, look, it was me. That was a horrible (laughs) attempt. Jack, it is good to see you 
after your week off. How are you feeling? The people want to know. I'm all right, you know, not too bad. Feel a bit more refreshed, feel a bit more um, ready to get back at it. And it's just in time as we hurtle down the road to WrestleMania. Should point out to everybody that usually, obviously, we record these podcasts of a Thursday afternoon. But now we're recording it on Friday morning, reducing the chances of us missing important news, but it's still going to probably happen at some point. So I've already recorded a video today. Apologies if my voice is a bit hoarse, but I'm all right. I'm good. How are you, Matthew? I'm fantastic, mate. It's it's good to get the, the gang back together again for one <laughs> last heist <laughs> before we all call it quits, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're doing good. We're all awake. I've actually got the natural sunlight coming through, so I look beautiful on this thing today. I'm, I'm yep. The dogs look fantastic. You're looking like a saucy lumber sexual, Matthew. <laughs> wow, what a curious choice of words, fellow viewers. I wonder why you said that. <laughs> well, you'll never know. Thigh slaps are now banned in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Wait, yeah, they're not, are Because even well, as NXT, the... NXT, oh. they're not. Main roster, they probably are. But NXT, they're clearly not after watching that Adam Cole versus Finn Balor match on this week's NXT. Yeah, yeah. Yes, as the award-winning uh, newshound himself has quoted here, Aiden Gibbons, we love you. Despite the ban, leg slapping was common during NXT's main event. Could probably just ended after the NXT bit there. Uh, between Adam Cole and Finn Balor, the former NXT champion repeatedly slapped his leg when throwing kicks, including during an enziguri and a super kick. Uh, another news following the announcement that thigh bans, thigh slaps, and <laughs> banned the WWE. Shut up. Uh, Drew Gargano is contemplating retirement. Aha. <laughs> That would be much better if I hadn't stumbled me words. Uh, to be honest with you, maybe it's just me, but because it's so common in wrestling, I got to a point where I stopped noticing it. Not like everybody was doing it. I don't care about it, really, to be honest. No. Ross? Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't give a toss, to be honest with you. And if, To be honest with you, if somebody like Drew McIntyre is forced to abide by these rules, that sort of kills a lot of the impact of his finisher. So I'm fine with it, me. On the headbutt. He doesn't yeah. do it when he headbutts someone as well. Everything. I mean, he puts steel steps on his head and collides with Shane Mercy. Speaking of Johnny yeah. Gagano, <laughs> I saw that little thing of uh, him doing it when he does chops, which I would assume would be the one move he wouldn't have to do a leg slap. Yeah. Strange. Do you think that he's just used to it? Maybe. <laughs> just brushes his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And there's the gif. <laughs> Molly Holly to be inducted into the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. First announcement, get in. Well, will this mean that it's Molly Holly or will we get Mighty Molly as well? Will it be like the Godfather situation where the Godfather's in, but Papa Shango was not? Who can tell? But all we know is I think it's well-deserving. Yeah. Considering her tenure, a good rep, and how good she looked in the last Rumble appearance. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's always the one who... Um... All the current women, or a lot of the current women's wrestlers say, like, she was why I got into wrestling. It's usually her or Lita, um, but Molly Holly. And then when they say they've met her as well, she's one of those people that everyone says has helped them and is full of advice. And she's just great. Who doesn't like Molly Holly? Bastards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for the Americans, mark down March 18th on your calendar. So you can be... God... Because Peacock is officially the one place you can find the WWE Network. Uh, again, only applicable to the Americans. One week before WrestleMania 37. That's not right. No, Sunday for... I've missed a bit there, trying to be all clever. Anyway, the point is, Americans uh, can only get the WWE Network 
uh, this month on Peacock. Peacock says they will not have all the content currently on the WWE Network, but it should all be up by SummerSlam. Right now, they do not have individual markers set up on pay-per-views, or most shows it says, to separate matches slash segments. So you will now have to fast forward to find the bit you want to watch, but Peacock claim they're working on like a visual scrub bar preview to help make that process easier. I hope they don't make the mistake uh, the old the old the the older network made back in the day because when they would put their markers in for the matches they cut yeah. off the entrances. Oh, I'm glad they rectified that one. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing they did where you go to look at uh, I don't know Benoit versus Jericho and then you, you just look for it and you go ahead and it go Benoit wins with the headbutt and that's what you like. Oh, thanks, great. Or when you're scrubbing along to find something. And the, the, the little thumbnail, the little snippet, is from like three minutes ahead of where you actually click on. Oh, oh. You can tell that we work in finding images quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not effective a country, so I am half expecting WWE to come out with their own VPN any day now. <laughs> so, uh, let's have a look. Uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. You ever heard of him? Speaking on the Wrestling Observer Radio, it says that Alistair Black will be stuck in catering until his WWE contract runs out. Presumably not, like, all day, every day there. Uh, and Espen Saman has a change of heart, decides he likes the 35-year-old and finds a spot for him on the show. The same Weird. could be said for a lot of people, but I'm assuming that it was one of those things that was brought up. Like, what's going on with Alistair Black? And then he said it, and yeah. then it became news. I guess it's newsworthy because how have they messed up Alistair Black? Or maybe why have they messed up Alistair Black? Because of his wife. I'm I mean, just, that's I'm, a I'm not, I'm just, uh, it's just reportedly, but it's speculative, yeah, yeah. Mm. Purely it's speculation, got, and we love that on the show. Sorry, what were you saying, Ross? It's just got to be, hasn't it? It's down to that. I mean, they weren't doing too much with him beforehand, but at least he was on TV every week. It was the last thing he did with Kevin Owens. Was that yeah. one? Yeah, was it that? Was that hell. He had the one eyed <laughs> feud, and then he was miserable, <laughs> and like, I'm going to have my revenge on you, Kevin Owens. By allowing you to beat me in three minutes, and then that was yeah. Do you reckon he's just sat in catering, just waiting for someone to open the door for him? Do you remember that gimmick? What a load of what a load of crap! Eh? Who was it? You know eventually, it, opened it was the Buddy door. Murphy, and we got oh, some yes. great matches out of it. Yeah, we did. But we the did. build up was stupid because Buddy Murphy went, "I'm here to pick a fight with you," and he knocked on the door. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. WWE has reportedly handed the head of talent relations position back to, you'll never guess, John Laurinaitis himself, nine years after he previously held the role. And if you're wondering why there's suddenly the idea of having the women's NXT tag team titles, it's probably because they'll need something to do with the 300 blonde 20-year-old he's going to hire this month. Because <laughs> that's all that bloody happened the last time he was in that position. I've been thinking... Well, recently, because you know Serena Deeb is just excellent, one of the best wrestlers in AEW. And I've always thought, like, why did she never get to do more stuff in WWE? She was a great part of the Straight Edge Society and that. But why did she not get to wrestle and show how good she was? Is that because it was during John Laurinaitis' tenure, maybe? Possibly. I don't know. We will. Sh- we shall it wasn't, see. It wasn't a real high point for women's wrestling anyway in WWE at the time. No, because I'll go back and watch some of the stuff for the uh, Blogger Doom stuff, and they're literally just trying to find roles for women yeah. because he hired so many of them. So it's like, oh, the guest <laughs> ring announcer for this, Nikki Bella, because um, I don't know, she can't hang out in catering all day, I guess. So there's just, yeah, that probably won't happen again. That's obviously a joke, but 
Speaking of jokes, I love that this is in the news section. I'm going to skip ahead a bit, but I think considering the people who do this podcast, they'll be appreciating it. Shane McMahon's promo alongside Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw <laughs> seemed to raise more than a few eyebrows. The prodigal son made a long-winded speech in Strowman's direction before eventually calling the former Universal Champion stupid. But the manner of McMahon's delivery <laughs> led to some concerns as to his health and his well-being. <laughs> Expressed on social media. It was However, hard to watch. According to Fightful Select, Shane's promo went exactly as WWE planned it to. Lies. And there was no screw up on the part of the 51 year old. He forgot his lines. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Sean Ross Sapp, whoever that source was who told you that, get them out of your contacts list because that is a lie. That is not true. I've got to continue doing this in the straightforward news. Yeah, yeah. The reported idea is that McMahon's delivery would make him less likable in the Whoa. eyes of the W universe and therefore garner sympathy for Strowman. With that in mind, McMahon's method of delivery was executed deliberately and played out in that manner intentionally. Lies! <laughs> A load of bollocks in it. He forgot his lines halfway through the yeah. promo yeah, as he was for- concentrating on breathing. Like that, and it was microphone. It, honestly, put my disdain for his character aside. It was horrible to watch because you're thinking this guy... <laughs> In the midst of a global pandemic, which is still about, by the way, America, <laughs> he's really struggling. He's really, really struggling. Oh, yeah. oh it was horrible. And, and I think he either forgot his lines or it's like there were no lines and they went, can you just fill five minutes, Shane? And just talk. And he went, eh? And did that a lot, yeah. And kept saying, I we'll talk about it more in this week in wrestling, but my word. Yeah, I, I just felt the need that it was so odd and bad and weird and bad that it's made the new section of no, he's all right. It was. <laughs> I mean, it is supposed to, hear, to be it, like that. It is good to hear that he's healthy and well. But oh, if yeah. you're watching, if you're watching Raw, just like meeting Shane McMahon for the first time, you're thinking that guy has got some serious health issues going on there with that breathe. I don't know what to make of that stuff. It's a, it's a mess. <laughs> and that is the news. <laughs> Everybody get excited for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. Ah, of mm. everyone's favourite segment, the Hall of Fame. Oh. In condescending order from last week, Jeff Stellan. Oof. The disrespect. there, a 17%. <laughs> oh, nah. Hangus the Monkey, 41%. That didn't win. So just oh, I thought case, it was a shoo-in. Just in case anyone missed last week's podcast, Matthew spent a full 15 minutes <laughs> reading the entire Wikipedia page for Hangus the Monkey and the Monkey Hanger story from Hartley Powell. Um, and it's it's not worked. It's it's come off all that effort for now. I'll be honest. <laughs> Hangus, Because obviously I missed last week after I saw the, the nominations in the Patreon. I also read the Wikipedia page for Hangus the Monkey yesterday. Accused of uh, sexual assault. <laughs> nah. Well, no, he, he, he... Not... not I mean, that sounds... It was still bad, but it wasn't as bad as I made it sound there. Oh. But it was still it's still not on. He simulated, you know, humping with a with a, a female steward at a football match. I thought you meant the actual monkey. What? Well, hang on, I'm mascot. getting confused. <laughs> the mascot. <laughs> the mascot. If the monkey had humped a woman, I think people would have understood it's an animal. <laughs> it doesn't have a moral code. It is. I wouldn't have said that if we were doing the podcast on Thursday evening still. <laughs> <laughs> Would you nominate an actual monkey, Matthew, or did you nominate no, the mascot? Well, I think people. I think that's probably why. That's probably why people got confused. Just the overall thing of Hartley Paul monkeys, but I thought specifically Hangus the monkey, 
Hangus the monkey was able to be elected as the mayor of Hartlepool, <laughs> but he couldn't win the Colorado Wrestling Podcast <laughs> Hall of Fame. All right, cool. Priorities. But of course, the winner. I didn't, okay, it's hard to argue, even though I've just done my best to. MVP. Who's that? No, not who's know. MVP. Who was, whose nomination was that? Adam Petrante. Oh, that means... You nominated, a, you nominated yeah. a wrestler? Yeah. Pathetic. I know, weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a wrestler won. Are you sure you've done the maths for this? Did, is, is, it, is it because... If, if me or you had nominated MVP, oh, 5%, but I think it's because it's, it's leader, isn't it? So, you know. The two leaders got added, Hangus and uh, Pachidi. So... <laughs> By by a margin one percent in it though, uh, you win it, Jack. Well done, pal. The well, mulligan. Not really, so, but yeah. Pachitti wins it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Destiny's calling, pal. What have you got for us? Friday, the day of the week. That's more like it. We're back on track, boys. We're back on track with the Hall of Fame. I have nominated Friday. Have a drink. Okay, basically. It's a great day of the week and I couldn't think of anything and I thought, what's going on? Well, we're recording on a Friday morning. I'm so angry that it's I've got to get used to this new routine. And then I thought, hang on, it's Friday. It's the best day of the week. I'm going to nominate that for the Hall of Fame. What are you doing um, your weekend this week, Jack? I am appearing in a radio segment for Tom Campbell um, on BBC Radio Sunderland in the build-up to the... Uh, There's a BBC Radio Sunderland? It's a short-lived temp. I think it's a temporary radio station that's just been established. Yes. Oh wow! Um, I know. And to help push it and stuff, Tom's been doing a bit of work on it, and um, he's getting me on very briefly. I think to talk about the build-up to the Papa John's Trophy final this Sunday. <laughs> Why is he laughing at that? Silverware. The, the Papa John's Trophy final. Aye. If we win, and I would love it if we beat those Tranmere arseholes, <laughs> then. Um, then I hope that there's some sort of posing with a pizza for the man of the match or whatever afterwards. That would be superb. But yeah, I'm going to talk a bit about that on uh, on Tom's radio show. Not live. We're going to do a Zoom call on Saturday, I think. And yeah, that's what I'm doing with my weekend, Ross. What? It, what I was expecting you, you to say now because of lockdown and that, but that's a very fair answer that's brought back horrible flashbacks to my work experience at the Sun and Echo, which, <laughs> co- which coincided with the, the League Cup final of 2014. 14. Yeah, and I had to write 350 words on a tortoise that the owner put a bit of red and white paper on the shell of. <laughs> that was just because of the cup final and stuff. Was it <laughs> and then, not? And then, and, then, and then I had to go and write 500 words on um, a man who put a massive flag outside of his house. Did you have and to then, go meet uh, these people in interview? Yeah, them? yeah, I had to go and like take pictures and stuff and meet them and <laughs> ask them questions and stuff. Like, So how did you come up with the idea of putting a bit of paper on the back of your tortoise? Stuff like that. <laughs> but I did get an interview D-Ream, though, because uh, that, that was the theme, wasn't it? Things will only get better. <laughs> yeah, I love you, 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 son, learn, th- yeah, soon learn, yeah. yeah soon Were they learn. from up here? No, I think they were Birmingham, is it? I can't remember. Did you go down there? From. No, no, I just phoned them. Oh, I phoned them, right. Yeah, it makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> well, I phoned one of them. I forget which one. D. One of one of the two lads, yeah, either D or Reem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Matthew, any weekend plans? Sleeping. Yeah, fair enough. But everyone, yeah. ch- tune in on Sunday, at, I think three o'clock, to watch the mighty Sunland vie for the Papa John's Trophy. I'm nominating Friday. It's a great day of the week. Um, the reason that it's the best day of the week is because you can be productive, you can do work, but then you get that Friday feeling. You're off after that. 
And when it's Saturday, Saturday's a good day as well, but you're already halfway through the weekend. Friday, got the world ahead of you. Mm. I'd also like to mention the song Hello Friday by Flo Rida, which is awesome as well. Matthew's type. You're Googling Friday, Matthew. So, Ross, remember WrestleMania 32? <laughs> and Welcome to my house. Welcome to my house. But there was a song that played in between matches like when they were about to put on the video package for the next match or whatever and it was the same song for every link in between all of the matches and that was from hello friday his secondary wrestlemania song wonderful song really what, they, they don't use that flow rider enough for wrestlemania i don't think <laughs> yeah any more any more flow rider and pitbull <laughs> friday's what i'm nominating guys beautiful well uh, craig david chilled on a friday so it's good enough for him it's good enough for us Ooh, ooh. No, he made love on a Friday. Met this girl on Monday. Yeah, he made love on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Make love you, by Wednesday and on and Thursday. On, and on Thursday and Friday and, and Saturday. Saturday. And then they chilled on. Red roll. Oh, Bye. I always thought it was like, and on Thursday and Friday, that was the joke, like make love Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday, I decided to make it feel like he's, they'd been having sex for yeah, these yeah, days. That, yeah, they did. We they chilled. Were. No, but I thought that there was like, eh, we chilled. No, no, they chilled on Sunday. Because they've been, he, they've been he, having he so much. Boots. He knocked boots yeah. for several days. I was supposed to be a together. joke. Oh, okay. Oh. I misunderstood this deep Craig David song. Like it's a Pink <laughs> Floyd masterpiece. All right, well, whatever. Craig uh, is prolific. Oh, God, why have I said that? That's awful. All right. Oh. Well, Ross, have you it's got one early, or? It's too early for fizzy drinks, lads. I, I'll go for mine. Mine's, uh, mine's Jim Ross after his... Oh. Outing a revolution on Sunday because <laughs> that was a choice word to use. I realised there. Uh, well, yeah, his outing, his his appearance at Revolution on Sunday because obviously sore throat and all that. And I've stood there on videos and I've listened to the sort of tone of Jim Ross's voice when he's watching a Tope Suicida or a Tiger Driver '97. Oh, why is another Tiger Driver '98 or whatever it is? I don't know what numbers are used. Um, and you obviously you often get the impression that Jim Ross couldn't give a toss and has utter disdain for what he's watching in front of his own eyes. But I think on Sunday, the fact he appeared and commentated a, a three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view, or three-hour, 40-minute pay-per-view, I think it was in the end, it showed some dedication, and it showed mm. some passion, which, of course, us British people love because it's got a P and an A and an S and an H and a U and an N. Passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jim Ross, for, for shutting up the, the doubters like me, he, he does care. So go on, Jim. I like Jim Ross, me. I like that you put that much passion defending Jim Ross. That's lovely. But I think people want to know, if you have a sore throat, and you must have had a lot of sore throats in your day, Ross, amount of times I've seen you and hearing you yelling at the microphone doing your videos, how would you improve your throat? How would I improve my throat? (sighs) I would. That's the way I said it. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) I'd get me arse down to Asda and have a, a trip down the medical aisle and find some lovely thick cow-polish substance that's often lime green to yellow in colour. Can't remember the brand at all, and I would buy some of that and just have a casual swig of the bottle here and there. Ah. I'm, I'm, uh, I like the whole smoothers. But... I, never, I never felt the effects of a smoother when I had a, a sore ah. throat, yeah, or a tune. I used to eat tunes like sweets back in the day. My gran would give me a packet of tunes, and I'd just eat them like sweets on the way home. How sick is that? <laughs> yeah, and is it weird when you eat an entire packet like that, like the Pringles, and then you breathe? And I can feel every bit of my breath. I don't <laughs> like feeling that I'm breathing. The air on a hot summer's day is freezing. Yeah, when you oh. 
a, a bird flies near you and you're like that and it's clumps, <laughs> block of ice. Because everyone's done it, accidentally eating a whole black like sleeve of Pringles, right? Tube, that's probably the better word. Um, does anyone else feel hungover the next day? Because <laughs> you're so thirsty from eating the Pringles. Obviously, I'm doing this late oh. at night when no one else can see me eating a whole tube of Pringles. But I wake up like, oh, I feel like I've been on a night out. Awful. I feel the shame yeah, yeah, of yeah. Uh, going on the night out without going out by yeah. looking over like, oh, what did I do last night? And you look over and it's just an empty <laughs> Pringles can and that bloody face is smiling at you like, oh. <laughs> Mocking you. <laughs> like the horse's head in The Godfather. Oh, God. Um. Y- yeah. So what, sorry, what, Jim Ross's voice. I think that's a good shout. Yeah, just Jim Ross's. <laughs> a good shout, which hey. he couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. 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 What a nice, lovely pick from Ross there. How oh, isn't that nice? Well, let's ruin the good mood of Fridays at Jim oh. Ross's. It was going to, I was going to be, uh, keep it local with the local legends after Hangus and uh, do George Reynolds and the uh, Darlow Stadium stuff. But you know what? After not winning stuff years, it is, of course, the only thing that's happened this week that matters. The dud. The non-bomb. Oh, he's going to win. The biggest miss since my Lacey Evans joke on OSW Review that I still get tweeted at to this day. <laughs> of course the finish. Of course the finish. What what's, else? What's the joke, Matthew? Oh, let's oh. see if I can remember it now. Well, it actually doesn't work now because no one remembers the bleak context. I said Lacey Evans wins after hitting her finish, which is, of course, a jab. This is me pretending to look at my notes. Oh, sorry, it's not a jab. It's a it's a punch. A jab is what you need after you eat one of her meals. Because she used to post on Twitter. I don't think she does it anymore. Who cares? Uh, her meals that looked undercooked, <laughs> undermade, under everything. But no one cares about that. No one remembers the thing. And people go, what are you on about, you idiot? Shut up. And when you're like, in there- It's not a punch. It's a cross. I'm like, oh. Whatever. When you're in there with the with in you're in, you're in the comedic coliseum oh, with three hyenas like the OSW review lads, then you just you know you're a lamb to the slaughter, aren't you? Really? That's it. I felt like the Miz in that feud that involved Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and El Generico. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it is the uh, the dud, whatever term you want to use for something not working. Uh, this podcast or someone showing up for it. Uh, anything you want to use, it is the finish because. I had my tweet already watching with my housemate and uh, and he was like, I'm really tired. I'm just going to go to bed. Like, All right, fine. That's fine. You know, and I had my tweet ready going, what a great match. Oh, I'm a big death match fan. It's great to see you got my Nick Gage shirt on. Yeah, it's good, but it's done great. Fantastic. This will turn everyone to death match fans. And it's like three, two, one. Oh, it takes that first those few seconds of the commentators. Like, oh no! Uh, oh, the, <laughs> Jim the, Ross um, going. I knew this would happen. You know, eating another <laughs> soothers. And uh, so then I uh, told my housemate, "Goes well, I'm off. You know, the next day I'm off to do my training. Oh, be night shift. Be really hard." And he went, "Mate, if you can endure that, yeah, that, the length of that pay per view and the finish, you'll be all right at the training." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what did you think of it? I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it later on, actually, but. Who, me? I, 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 clearly something went wrong. Clearly, Eddie Kingston was told to expect something a lot bigger than um, than what happened. And obviously, the pyro just misfired or whatever happened there. Tony Khan didn't help the situation at all whatsoever with his words after the podcast. What do your fans want? Us to actually blow up the wrestlers? No, Tony. Just a couple of more sparklers would have been fine. Um, but it's 
I thought the the only the, there's one issue that left that needs just addressing for me, and that is the reaction of the commentators because this week's dynamite answered everything for me. But just the commentators, because the commentators still, I know Excalibur gave up halfway through, but they still did act like it was the worst thing that ever happened, even though it clearly wasn't. But there, yep, yeah, a, a, a big botch happened. The stuff like that happens. It, it happened at the worst possible time because I thought it was a good pay per view up until that moment. But as, um, who was it who tweeted? It was a Bully Ray tweeted the last thing. Yeah. The thing they remember the most is the last thing they say or whatever, whatever he's, whatever he's It was, it was the, the only thing they remember is the finish, yeah. Vince McMahon. Yeah. And that finish will go down in infamy. <laughs> they do yeah. it like The Office, where he went, Bully Ray. That'll be the finish. Bully Ray, Vincent Mann. I think that, I think they can bounce back from it, though. And I've written an article explaining why on coldaholic.com. Oh, wow. Um, it's like I read that and thought I'd use this Hall of Fame thing to plug it. Did you read it? No, let's pretend I did. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought, it was, I thought it was absolutely class. It made me worried for Matthew's notifications. And it made me worried for Matthew physically. Because your Twitter was the first one I checked when that happened. I was like, right, let's see what Matthew's got to say. And you didn't tweet for a while. And I was like, "He might is he all right? He might have passed out. I don't know what was wrong. <laughs> I was really concerned. Because my phone was like, no, stop, stop. I would have loved to. It never vibrates so much you take off. <laughs> I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in Gorilla because it was reported that Kenny Omega was furious, but he wasn't the only one. I was at a ma- I was at a, I was at a WCPW show on the production desk. We booked a bit of a bit of an indie dream match between two high flyers, and the top rope broke in the first minute of the match, and uh, and the panic like we couldn't kick off because we were we couldn't like worry openly because the the crowd could see us at the production table. It was an open ice hockey arena. But the tension, like, thickened like, straight away. And there was, like, a lot of panic going on. Um, the wrestlers were the ones who panicked the least because it's their job and that. But we were like, oh, lads, this is bad, this. And that was a fraction of the audience and a fraction of the importance of the ring blowing up or not. So I'd have loved to have seen what was going on backstage. Ah, maybe we'll get that one day. But until now, you have to settle for voting that in the prestigious Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. That's joined by not Hangus the Monkey. Ugh, whatever. Uh, that is my pick this week. You also have the option of Friday, the day, and Jim Ross's voice. The dulcet tones of Jim Ross, however you want to put it, Ross. Just Jim Ross in general for turning up to work when he could have just gone, nah, lads, I've got a sore throat. I'm going to have the night off. I like the dedication yeah. and the passion. Yeah. What what day were you lads born on? Do you know? Sunday. Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh. Is this oh is this one of these things where the oh yeah I'm not done that in ages. Two seconds. What the rhyme or the? Are you just gonna work it out? Day. Okay. What Sunday's child? Sunday's child's the special one, isn't it? In the rhyme. Thank you very much. That's all right. Mine's. Uh, I'm Thursday, and Thursday's child is has far to go, which sounds like a bit of a dig, oh. in a way. Uh. I'm a Tuesday. Ooh, right. interesting. Tuesday my brother's a, my brother's is, a Tuesday. Oh, I've got the thing here. Go on. Monday's child is fair of face. Tuesday's oh, child is full of grace. Oh, lovely. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has, has far, far to, to go. go. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child must work for a living. The child <laughs> born on the child born on the Sunday. That's a different rhyme. I've found a parody one. I'm not going to read that one. I've nearly fell into a massive <laughs> hole there. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I should have read the entire thing before. <laughs> um, where am I? Um, I really want to know what that was. And the child that is born on the Sabbath. No. Or is that? That's on Wikipedia. Yeah. And a child that's born on the Sabbath day is fair and wise and good and gay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's not what I read, read, read on the first one. <laughs> yeah. so no, it's well. it... it doesn't matter because this is clearly broken as well because it says Tuesday child is full of grace. <laughs> You're graceful. Oh, thank you. Uh, grace, smoothness and elegance of movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Well, you can tell by the way I segue from that into letting you know the best way to vote for those is by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. This is this week in the wrestling. It's this bloody week in the wrestling. Ah, ah. this week in wrestling. Bloody week in the wrestling. Do, 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 do. Smackdown, which is on a Friday. That's making it Jack's favorite show. Daniel Bryan <laughs> opens the show with an in-ring interview where he talks about his chance to get a title shot at WrestleMania. He talks about his passion for wrestling. And is cut off by Roman Reigns, who claims that he's the one who really loves the graps. He does it because he knows everybody needs him. Jey Uso tries to cheap shot Brian, who throws him out of the ring and stares down Roman. I've made a mistake. He gets a title shot at Fastlane, doesn't he? That's what I meant to say. Sorry about that. Wait, he wants a chance. But he wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. Yeah, because he says the, it was, yeah, yeah, the originally yeah, yeah. scheduled match was going to yeah. be Brian and Edge which people speculate against uh, the Usos. And uh, that's not right, is it? Not the Usos. The Reigns and, and Roman. The, yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean, them. Um, but then they showed that match graphic, which was a very interesting thing to do. So I don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. And then Brian's like, no, you know what? I want a title shot. And this promo was so good, it made me want to go, yeah, you know what? Can we have Brian in this match as well as Edge? Yeah, mm. me too. Please. I saw a lot of people taking the, not taking the piss out of Brian, but going, oh, he flubbed his lines. But I think that was done. I thought that added to the realism of the did entire he? thing. Well, apparently, he did a couple of like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know what you do when you're shouting just a long oh, diatribe? For... Like people actually do when they're shouting, they don't like say every single word perfectly when you're, you're angry and stuff like that. But then the only thing I didn't like is Daniel Bryan going, I've got, I like the wrestling more than Edge does because I've wrestled more in the last three weeks than Edge has in three months. <sighs> Daniel Bryan's not a doctor. Edge might not be able to, I was thinking. Poor Edge. <laughs> that would be good if Edge came out and goes, who are you to talk about taking time off wrestling? <laughs> yeah. All right. Sami Zayn wants a team with Corbin, God knows why, to take on the Street Profits. But Corbin refuses and instead wants a singles match. He beats Montez Ford after distraction from Sami. Then Corbin refuses to help Zayn in return. He loses to Angelo Dawkins when Ford starts messing with Sami's camera crew. A frustrated Sammy beats up one of the crew afterwards. Good. That all happened, yes. That, yep, fantastic. <laughs> Don't know what Dom else to say. <laughs> Next, Dominic Mysterio beats Chad Gable. Meanwhile, backstage, Seth Rollins complains about the treatment he's received at the hands of Cesaro. Murphy walks by and suggests that maybe he could help. Seth tells him to get out of his sight. Cesaro later beats Murphy easily with Seth on guest commentary. Hmm. An entire year, it feels like, of TV was just pissed away in one sentence there from Murphy. Literally, the last thing he should have said is the thing he said on this week's SmackDown. But he's been on Instagram this week as well, Matthew. I don't know if you've seen this one, saying that um, 
the Mysterios used him and other stuff like that, even though that's clearly not the story that was being told at the time. Something's happened on this honeymoon with Aaliyah that we need to find out, basically, that's uh, sent Buddy Murphy completely in the opposite direction. This was weird. It's just the, the last thing he should have said. I love that picture of Aaliyah and her, and her dad getting just hammered at a bar. Mm. That's a really good picture, that. But the kayfabe Mysterios are detestable. Really horrible. They as are Ross, heels, aren't they? As Ross has been, as Ross has been pointing <laughs> out, they are, they are awful heels. What were, you, what were your examples? They screw Baron Corbin all the time. It was that they had a couple of matches against Baron Corbin where they would gang up. Like I used to compare it to like um, Andy's toys and Sid's garden and Toy Story. <laughs> and Baron Corbin is Sid. Um, Andy's toys with the faces. But not in this instance. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> roles are reversed, I guess. But um, yeah, they would, they would gang up on, on Corbin. There was one other thing, and I can't remember as I'm sat here on Friday morning, but yeah, there's, there's three examples now after Murphy's words as well of um, the Mysterios being heels, which is weird to say. He's deleted, that, he's it, deleted yeah. that Instagram comment since. Don't know why. Don't know what's going, don't know what's going on. Vince just forgets stuff. Doesn't he, basically? Apparently, the whole WrestleMania cards, a lot of it's back to square one because Vince is like, Wait, what's going on? I assume. I assume that's why. And he's got John Laurinaitis back and Bruce Pritchard. Oh, they'll help. No, no, I mean, he's going back in time. Oh. Oh, like, yeah, you're right. Aye. He'd be like, where's Russo in a bit? And oh. Russo will jump oh, at the chance. Oh, God. <laughs> Me. No, 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 no. Moving on. Carmella fires Reginald, calling him nothing more than a snake who's obsessed with Sasha Banks. It's kind of okay. true. Mm. Reginald Sasha, the company Sasha, Sasha, Sasha did rub his chest though Ooh. I mean Ooh. Oh, it's like Love Island yeah. Reginald the company Sasha to ringside for that Bianca Belair's match with Shayna Baszler Bianca shoves Reginald for some reason Nia Jax then charges at him but he moves and she crashes into Sasha Bianca beats Shayna in the ring but Sasha isn't happy with Reginald and slaps him in the face later Reginald tries to apologise to Sasha backstage but she has having none of it Nia and Shayna laugh at him just a reminder, this is the build to Sasha and Banker's WrestleMania title match. All I can say is, whenever Reginald's not on screen, all the women in WWE should be going, where's Reginald? Where's Reginald? I really liked him when he was that little minor character. Now he's everywhere. Every bloody time any women do anything on TV, all I can't the stand him. But not, he's not NXT, brand. but... He's, he's a new Ellsworth. <laughs> Oof. Oh, God. God, in, Ross. On WWE need? TV. Nowhere right, else. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's fulfilling that role that Ellsworth used to have back in the day. Probably a better wrestler. Of course he is. He's fantastic. I've never seen a guy move like Reginald. Um, but you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Mm. <laughs> Apollo Crews now has a spear and a couple of military... What a way to put this. And a couple of military <laughs> henchmen. He... he clicked on one of those online I mean, adverts. Bro, clicked... your... No. <laughs> He claims that his new Nigerian accent is actually his real voice and that he's descended from Nigerian royalty and he demands another shot at Big E for the IC title. Go on, Jack. We've all wanted... I'm not, I don't hate this as much as I thought I would on paper because we've wanted Apollo Crews to have something for ages now, for years, and now he's got something. And if he's oh, happy fantastic, with... Mate. If he's happy with... I d- I wouldn't go as far as fantastic, but if you... I mean, fair enough. I mean, that's the second promo in a row that he's... Like, a second big promo in two weeks that he's cut where I thought, you're very convincing in this role, Apollo Crews. And I think it's like, you, you look back at that, they don't, they don't ever mention it on, on commentary, which is weird. They had that little 
weird backstage segment with Roman Reigns a month or two ago where he was just sat backstage in Roman's office slash locker room, whatever you want to call it. And it's like Roman Reigns has told him, embrace who you are, embrace your past, all of that bollocks like me, the tribal chief, and then you'll do great things. And Apollo Crews has done that and took it even further than Roman. <laughs> but they never picked that up, which is a weird little plot point they miss out for me. Yeah, Man. sorry. Apollo went, what can I do to, to get better? And Roman went, turn heel, lol. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Apollo Crews, last week he did the promo, so the last SmackDown, he did a promo where he said like he's had to come... To, some way, some place, hide his identity, his true self. He's had to hide this, and people have come up to him and think he lives in the jungle and all this stuff. And now he's going to, sh- he's not going to try and blend in and be part of people. It's going to be who he is, how he wants to be, the proper way. I'm going, that's a great face thing to do. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can all relate to that, having to move someplace and like, hide who we are because our real feeling and all this stuff. It's like, that's great. Yeah, be the dude. And then next week he comes out with his, as, I, as this new, his old, I guess, accent. Um, with the Spear Milton Hedgeman, I saw people going, uh oh, like this looks like bad and stuff. But I went, look, I'm happy. I'm, I love seeing uh, different areas of the world represented on TV. And it's not just, I'm from Cedar Point, Ohio, west of the tracks. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever, it's all American <clears throat> to me. But just seeing other countries and people getting represented themselves, that's awesome. But what I hope they don't do is go, right, let's see, he's foreign. He's a bad guy. Foreign bad guy! Uh, Yay! That old staple! Woohoo! You know, and it, it just becomes, you know... Camel clutching, lads. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the, 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 the camel clutch. Yay! You know, um, I think got a nice idea going on. Cool to see where it goes, as long as it's not... You know, Futurama's greatest contribution to wrestling was... I'm not from here. My I, things are different to you. Look at my crazy passport. Because, you know... I'd like, I'd like us all to do that. We should all apollify ourselves with our own ancestry because I've never done one of those tests and I want to find out where I'm from. I would be a farmer. I, <laughs> one of my great granddads had a very violent youth in Derry, so I couldn't be able to do it. It would be a bit too controversial, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> a bit too on the nose, yeah. I won't say which side he was on because I'll offend half of the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we did one hours a while ago, but it's so long ago. I remember, like, just the, the broad strokes. It was something like the Greg family, the Greg used to be with 1G, and they used to hang out with Braveheart crew. Again, this mm. is all very abridged. Until one day, someone with Greg with 1G did something bad, and that the Greg with 1G was outlawed. So then a whole bunch of them split up and went, all right, well, you could be Greg with 2Gs. You could be the clan with uh, Gregory and Gregor and whatever. That's all the variations of Greg came along. And I'm sticking with that uh, because Matthew I'll find got, out what this what this Gregor One G did. It's gonna be bloody horrible. And I'm Matthew, like, mm. Matthew got cancelled. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew got cancelled something he did in the 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yay, go Apollo Crews. Uh, Bailey hosts a short ding dong hello segment. I love saying that name. Backstage, where she reads nice tweets about herself. Sweet she gets to a mean sorry. one and storms off. You mean to tell me a wrestler saw a mean tweet about herself? Why don't you search it? She kicked off. I hate these unrealistic characters they have on WWE. This is stupid. Jey Uso is interviewed backstage but gets ambushed by Brian. And then they face off in the main event, a very nice steel cage match, which could earn Brian a shot at Roman's title. Brian wins via submission and Roman looks unamused. Hoping that Brian turns heel, lol. Uh, It was good. 
It was, it was good. Jay, Jay, I mean, he he's good at those cage matches, isn't he? To be honest. And Brian's good at all the matches, so it was always going to work. Hmm. Yeah. I reckon Roman Reigns needs to get a restraining order out on Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. I think I saw that that cage match was 13 minutes long. Say that's Roman's head there. Paul was like that the entire time, just like there, just looking at Roman the entire time. I thought it was a bit creepy, me. A bit too he, far from Paul. He's Maybe gorgeous. worried for Roman's safety. It is good, though, because it enables them to get that. They, they get better at this, especially on SmackDown. The dramatic closing shot, which always has Roman Reigns just like mm, doing that face with, like, yeah, Paul. Paul Heyman's here. Let me answer another camera. Paul Heyman's here. This is so bad when all the bleak cameras are reversed. Like that. And then that, that that dog with the Russian hat is Brian in the cage. It's like, hmm. And then the logo comes up. WWE, copyright, whatever. Yeah. So that last shot, they're getting really good at. Mm. Was that this, was, was completely the... not worth the effort. I'm very <laughs> no, sorry. That was, good. That was, was good. fine, yeah. Was this the first cage match with a rope break in it since, since Shane McMahon gate? I like it because they went, ah. Oh, I know. Mm. I forgot mm. about that, mate. Thank you. Yeah. That whole pay-per-view was absurd. That was the one where Shane sweated out of his T-shirt and won by falling out <laughs> the cage. <laughs> <laughs> and it was reported on Fightful Select that that match went exactly as planned. He ran away. Like a little boy trying to escape from his dad when it's bath time out of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Perfect knowledge. Uh. AEW Revolution, the big one. Pre-show, Britt Baker and surprisingly not on Fight TV. For some, I don't know why that was. All the ones have been on whatever. Uh, Britt Baker and surprise partner Mackie Ido beat Rio and Thunder oh. Rosa. She uh, is something else, man. Right. Mikey Ito, they weren't sure if she was going to make it because she'd already wrestled the previous day twice. So that's why they weren't advertising her or something, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I like this. Uh, it went on for a very long time, considered it's a, the wacky pre-show. So The Maki Ito. The Maki Ito, right? You said wacky, but it was just a wee joke. Just a wee joke there. I liked it. Cheers. She the sings... Young... She, sorry. sorry, she sings and dances her way to the ring? Mm-hmm. She does. She... She does that headbutt thing that Honma does. Yeah. She hits people very gently. You know what? She's a <laughs> likable Mad Kurt. She, she, yeah, she's like Mad <laughs> Kurt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, bump. Yeah, we saw that. The pay-per-view started with the Young Bucks defeating Jericho and MJF to retain the tag, ah, the tag team titles and avenge their father. <laughs> Says Those likable Bucks. yes the always likable books telling us all about how great and amazing they are and how this company exists because of them I enjoyed the match though yeah yeah. it was alright it's this was a means to an end yeah because it's part of the inner circle thing more about them than it is the young books so okay but I I was waiting for Jericho and MGF just to beat them up well I like how the books tailored their style I thought and became a bit more brawly and a bit more aggressive because you know Matt Jackson did do that thing that Cornette always suggests that he does and he was he was the heater of the match as I said where he got hit with the baseball bat then the heat seeker from MJF and just kicked out too get in because he's hard as balls Matt Jackson be less 
least believable thing in pro wrestling today when Matt Jackson tries to act hard, I reckon. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for a fight on Matt Jackson. Honestly, lads, I can't remember a single... I remember one thing from this match, well, two things now that Jack's mentioned, the Heat Seeker, and that was um, Jericho reversing what was going to be a Melter driver, I think, into a code breaker. So I think that's that's pretty much yeah that was a, a match that happened. I can't I don't know if that's just was too much wrestling this week maybe, but I can't remember a thing from this match apart from those yeah. two things. There was one positive to this. I'll be nice. Uh, Jer- I don't think I've seen this anywhere else, and I'd like to be proven otherwise. Jericho and MJF doing a double suplex and holding on, and then flipping off the camera uh, <laughs> with the spare hands. That's I good. thought I was like, okay, that's nice, but yeah, no appearance from a, a half dead. Papa Book going, avenge me, or anything else like that. So, yeah, whatever. Next, Pac and Phoenix, yes, win the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale to secure a title shot. Other notable things include QT Marshall, controversially eliminating the Gun Club, a strong showing from Jungle Boy, and, of course, Evil Uno running directly <laughs> into the ring post and then going on Twitter and blaming Baby Oil. Bless him. Yeah, I really like this. If, I think this will all depend your enjoyment if you watch AEW, uh, AEW Dark. Look, my brain will kick in eventually. AEW Dark could see a lot of the uh, lower teams, like uh, Bear Country, for example, or the Gun Club, and knowing that everyone came in, did something cool, and then sodded off. And then the Geordie won. So lots of love here. What about yourself, well, Jack? Phoenix won for the Geordie, but yes. I'll take it. The I, I agree with everything you've said, and the final, like, six or four or whatever it was the closing stretch was really exciting jungle boy is great phoenix is great they're all great the future is bright for aw as long as more calamitous historic botches don't happen at the end of shows what about yourself ross i agree with everything you've both said there it was just everyone did everyone came in as you say everyone did good things everyone buggered off really i like i like look at bear country me i like just two big strapping lines like that just hitting people really hard. Um, mm. Uno was hilarious, as we all saw. Because I didn't realise it at first. And then Richard was like, did you see Evil Uno? I was like, nah. Just like, oh, he got Hurricane Rana and then he got eliminated. I watched it back and it's like, oh, he's only a second off. But it's the second that makes the massive difference, isn't it? Yeah. I thought he was meant to do like a flip bump to the floor, but he didn't fancy it. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> he went, Marco Stone. Oh, no, he's doing it. Cheers, Paul. Yeah. It is weird, though. And it's a recurring thing on this show about momentum in AEW. Uh, this pay-per-view, I felt, there's a lot of good stuff on it and a lot of good wrestlers. But if you watch every week, it is a sense of who is getting pushed here on a regular basis. Because I thought Jungle Boy was a shoe-in after the strong showing against FTR. I'm all right with Fenix and Pac winning, obviously, because they're amazing. But it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that he's was, still, that was why I, strong. Yeah, I, I didn't think they'd mm. go back to Phoenix having another match with... The, I know it's with, with Pac this time, but I didn't think they'd go back having another match with the Young Bucks and Phoenix involved. Yeah. This early on, um, that was a bit of a shock. But that, yeah, that final stretch with like the base like singles match was like oof, liquid mm. wrestling, oof, and the side L's as well off the Nakazawa turnbuckle, and now it went wrong. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> In that, never last. Hikaru Shido defeated Rio Mizunami to retain the women's title. Uh, Nyla Rose attacks both of them afterwards and is joined by Britain Ito. Uh, Thunder Rosa chases them away, so that feud must continue on AW Dynamite this Wednesday. TNT. Yeah, uh, I like this match. I think maybe it went on slightly too long, but I like the stuff that they were doing at the start of it, the first half of it, where it was just Joshi stuff. Stuff that mm. you won't see in the rest of the card, which I liked. Uh, especially Rio hamming it up. What about yeah, you, Jack? You're the Joshi expert. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
Love Gato move. Um, I was... I really enjoyed it. And then it went on, as you say, a few minutes too long. And you didn't quite know where the finish lost a bit of its impact by that point. But I enjoyed it on the whole. There's just one thing. Did anyone else see? Hikarashida poked Mizunami in the eyes, didn't she? At one point. Didn't she? I can't remember. I can't remember, but if you tell me that happened, then I'll believe she, you. I'm sure that it was towards the end when all the near falls were happening and they were exchanging finishes and holds and pinfall attempts. And for one of them, Sheeta just, just goes, oh, and then rolls her up for two. And I was like, has she just turned heel? It's the backstory, though, because I did a bit of reading on the backstory. Mizunami's beaten Sheeta a load of times and Sheeta hasn't had much success. So in the early stage of the matchup, when Mizunami's doing all the, the rope pull and all that stuff, she's taking the piss. She's not taking it seriously. And then things turn a bit seriously. But Sheeta's always had that little that little vendetta against the last that she's never really beaten before or something. It's the story. I don't That's know. That's cool. I like yeah. that. But I would like for them to... Tell us, yeah. Is this, yeah. Is, this Omega, <laughs> is this Omega's doing or whoever it is? Tell... I had to read that on Wikipedia or whatever website it was to uh, to find that out, yeah. I saw a thing on Reddit. I mean, they did do a well. video of it before the match. But again, if you went for like make a cup of tea or something. But it shouldn't be just before the match. They should tell this in the build. But yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then a baby you got into a weird slump. Uh, Miron Kip Sabium jumped no. Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy backstage and dragged Chuck to the ring to start their match. I like this one. Cassidy fun. eventually comes along, but Miro still picks up the win for his team with relative ease. He accidentally knocks Penelope off the apron at one stage, but doesn't seem particularly sympathetic. Uh, the way they made this, yeah, right. <laughs> I like uh, Miro when he's yelling "Game over" in Street Fighter the movie references. Incidentally, do you think he was trying to do the live action Zangief thing here, Jack, with his custom designed, hand drawn uh, gear? I would love it. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yes, um, Matthew. I think that you're not going to have to hate this feud or be feel underwhelmed by Miro for much longer. I think he's about to. He's about to take off. We'll see. Good times. This match was weird because it started off like it was going to be different and then after the intro of like the blood and the attack, it just turned into a normal match. Oh, I still thought it was fine. I had no like sort of anticipation for this matchup. This was this should have been on the kickoff show for me or the buy-in, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I thought it, it, it told a nice little story. I'm shocked yeah. that it's going on past Revolution, like that the, the challenged them for another match where they're going to have lots of uh, well video consoles at ringside or something. I feel like I feel like I know what's going to happen. I feel what's like going to happen, Jack? Oh, go on, Kip, Jack. Kip's going to mess up for his team. And Miro's going to destroy him and move on. Miro lose the most important video thing, game console yeah. thing to him because of Kip. <laughs> He'll blame Kip and then He'll leave Kip. Butter Kip, yeah. yeah. He'll hit him with a sealed copy of Shenmue 2 right over his head. Oh. More obscure game references for the three people that pay attention to what I say in this podcast. <laughs> Hangman Page beats Matt Hardy in the big money match after Dark Order run out to stop Private Party from interfering. A- again, I thought this would be over in five minutes. They kept on going, and all I wanted to do was see how it ended. Uh, and I wasn't disappointed because Dark Order came out and ran out, but I'm not that vested in seeing a guy like Matt Hardy having like a proper, like serious, normal match on a pay-per-view at this point. My issue with it was the the arm. Matt Hardy worked the arm and the hand of Hangman, who still won with the buckshot lariat. And I know I sound really nitpicky saying that, but you know, you know. It's right that he slapped his thigh when he did it. 
this is another one of those matches I can't really remember anything from. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever get this when you watch certain wrestling shows? Yeah. That certain matches just sort of happen, and you you sit there and watch it, but you don't take anything in. Not yeah. since I've not since I've done what happened out for the past year or two, because mm. I like write things down. But before that, certainly yes. I, I tell you, there have been episodes of Raw where I'm like, I'm looking at Jack's notes and goes, I know I watched this. I feel well, this is like reading it for the first time. This week's raw. I fell asleep at my desk. Oh my god! I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. I'm it's, excited to get the raw. To be it's honest the with you, the first time it's ever happened in like the five years I've been doing this job <laughs> that I've been watching a, a, a show and fell asleep because I've just not been sleeping for whatever reason. What's going on? I've got no idea. And I just it was um, the women's tag team match, and I just like I was sort of like that and sort of drifting off, and then the timeline had skipped forward 20 minutes and I was down there like that and I'd, f- I'd f- probably fallen asleep. It was terrible. I've not been sleeping well recently either. I don't know what it yeah. is. Is it AEW? Is it the pay-per-view? Is it lockdown? Finally just getting to us all? <laughs> I don't know what the Monday night quill. Nothing like it. <laughs> the, mis- the ladder match. <laughs> the... Wait. Oh, hey. The grab the brass ring ladder match. secondary title. And guess what? An actual brass ring. Yeah. I'd maybe rather it was a contract. <laughs> like, some, some of the shots are nice that they take at WWE, but some of them are just too on the nose <laughs> and too naff, and this was one of the latter for me. <laughs> nah, 100%. I'm like, yeah, you know, WWE keep on saying it. I'm like, yeah, we know. And it's for Brass. the secondary title. No matter what Cody yeah. Rhodes says, the TNT title's not grabbing the brass ring, is it? That's the Intercontinental title sort of level for me. That's my perception anyway. Yeah. What's the next the bronze one? ring. Like, <laughs> scale the ladder and grab a pair of Vince McMahon's skiddy boxers. Yeah. <laughs> grab the surname match. Just as Rhodes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this happened. All right, so get out of the way. The mystery entrant in the ladder match, I thought it was going to be uh, Mike Bailey. Oh, well, oh. it is Ethan Page of Impact Wrestling. And I think Ethan Page is one of the best self-promoters in all of wrestling. I mean, in a nice way. I know it sounds a weird thing to say. I think he's very good at getting his brand across, the fact he's leaving Impact and making a big impression, all that stuff. A ladder match is probably the worst place for him to get introduced because he's not a ladder match dude. It's like, oh, my God, Ethan Page, what, what crazy moves are you going to do? It's like, <laughs> I don't know, suplex. I'm, I don't know much about him, but I've always just viewed him as like a really good all-rounder. He can talk. Yeah. He can wrestle, you can do it all, but you're right, he's not a high flyer. Yeah, so, solid Ethan Page, a lot of match. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, but don't worry, because this match had a bunch of spots, and the three of them that they did properly were really good. <laughs> and the rest was like, well, that was a match that happened. Um, it is Scorpio Sky, surprisingly, who grabs the brass ring, mercifully taking advantage of Cody's injured shoulder, Big, big love for Cody doing the, oh, God, a horrific Canadian destroyer on the ladder. Oh, proper deed, me. Oh, me neck. And then coming back out, brave Cody. Crowd, boo. <laughs> right. It was like a family guy joke. When he went off to the, he was in shot in the background. It's like something from family, where you're meant to be actually, paid, when, when the two newsreaders are just waffling, but something's going on in the background. For, for But for like, like, 10 minutes and I was like Cody why 
I thought going, really... Cody, no, don't go. I have to. It's the brass ring. <laughs> then he, then Only like... I can take shots at WWE. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, was I was a panelist for something. He'd there. like walk off yeah. and then he'd get a chair and then he'd sit down and it was all kind of half silhouetted. I was expecting him to start like smoking a cigarette or something, just like things that looked really good in silhouette form. I was like, He's on a drip. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Cody in an iron lung against Dr. Saunders. Oh, no, the ring. <coughs> they have a whole silhouette funeral for him. <laughs> oh my, Arn Anderson is taking balloons behind Cody, but because of the light, it looks like... Anyway, all of this was more entertaining than the match. Again, it was not a match for oh, some reason. It was all right. I feel like you might, have just, just, you might have just hit a bit of a tiredness wall at this point, Matthew. Yeah. AEW can feel like a lot of wrestling at once sometimes mm. and stick, sticking in five lads and going, a lot of match for something, something reasons. And I love Pentagon and he was the best thing about this match, absolutely. Uh, I thought Lance Archer was a dead cert to win if I was a betting man because of the main events he's been on the Dynamite, the Jake Roberts stuff, he, rrr, Lance Archer. Scorpio Sky, he's been injured for months. I thought, he- it, was, I thought it was obvious as soon as he had that commentary stint on last week's Dynamite where he... People told me he turned heel officially ages ago, and I was thinking, well, we've not seen Scorpio Sky all too much on Dynamite, but he was notice, no, noticeably more of a dick on commentary. There's being confident and there's being a dick, and Scorpio Sky was being a dick. Look at my lovely hoodie um, and all that stuff. It wasn't even that nice, really, I didn't think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I sit here in my Burton six-pound jumper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as soon as he did that thing, I thought it was pretty obvious. I think it's, it's nice to see him. He's good, isn't he, Scorpio Sky? I don't know what else yeah, to say. Really, he's good. He is. It's just weird that, like, again, he's been injured. He had the, oh, that amazing view with Sean Spears. And then the only hype we've seen is that bloody advert that plays every time AEW do anything where he has to go, wow, have you heard about the Subway Rack guy? And he goes, what? I'm like, I'm sick of seeing him because of it. Maybe that's how he's oh, turned to you. the podcast he does. Yeah. Yeah. I've not listened to that podcast. I, I don't want to. I was, I, it could be the best thing ever. I don't, I don't want to watch it. Just the amount of times I've seen that bloody advert. So, okay, it's very weird. Uh, Christian Cage is revealed as AW's big mystery signing with his TNA theme. So, for people back in the day, remember that would have known before anybody else because the opening beats came out. He signs his contract in the ring. Outwork everyone, he says. Well, it, who's he outworking? Everyone. Everyone. All the wrestlers. He works harder than them. All day on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I what, what was your that... reaction to this, Matthew? Yeah. I am all right with a guy like Christian Cage coming along. If he's going to be the dude that like everybody beats as a setup for the pay-per-view. I'm sure he I will. do not want to see like Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage at the next pay-per-view or anything like that. That's oh, like, no. That's what you're getting. They you? might be in No. <laughs> no. Have you not seen Dynamite this week? No, I know, but like for a day, for a Dynamite setup, that's fine. For set up the He's the stepping stuff. He is the brass ring. For um, <laughs> dangle him the above Eddie the Kingston, ring for the that's next right. One. Yeah, they have to grab him. For the Eddie Kingston and uh Ambrose tag team match they're going to have or whatever. Um I do not get the idea of bringing in all of these ex WWE forty to fifty ro- Christian is forty seven people coming along. Is he? He looks fantastic. I'm happy for he, he outworks everyone. He does when he's playing bulls, and <laughs> he that's a thing all people do over here. Sorry, and uh, isn't bulls weird? Yeah, <laughs> looks what like. a weird sport. 
I can tell you what, it. though, if you're ever at a loose end on a summer's night after a night out when the whole pandemic is over, there is no nicer natural mattress than a bowl's green. <laughs> the, the softness, there's one in Morpeth back home where I'm from, and the softness of that grass, it's different well, to any other grass I've ever, <laughs> ever slept on in my life. <laughs> oh. uh, well, me being a Bishop Auckland lad, I can't approve. I'll like just the say, idea, though, that the like... Bishop Auckland golf course... <laughs> it's, oh, it's a lovely place to sleep at night with your oh, mates and uh are we talking about i've i once fell asleep on the town and it was bad can't recommend the town oh about the that. i wouldn't do that there's cows <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i woke up and the cows had come much closer to me than i was comfortable with <laughs> i also had hay fever and it was in june so i was just having a shocker it was just a really bad time were you out in the outskirts were you right in the middle uh, I was near like um, I think I was near like Spittle Tongues. Alright. Like I honestly don't know. I had to get an Uber. I didn't want to walk out of the town. I was scared, man. But there was a road nearby. The town was massive, isn't it? Wait, an Uber. Yeah. That's like recent then. Yeah, it was about. Well, it was after a rise, so it was like three years ago, four years ago. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, good times. I'm very impressed. What do you think of Christian Cage, Jack? You seem to be uh, confused at me getting confused. I was just worried that you were going to slag off Christian Cage, thereby nullifying the effect of my video, which should be out now on Christian Cage on this very channel. (laughs) I think the message that we can send the lovely viewers of Cultaholic, because a lot of young people who watch these videos, is that you should just never trust old people. (laughs) <laughs> so we need to set a good example for the youth that watch Cultaholic. They can't be watching WWE and AEW and going, oh, I should trust all these old people. Because, nah, don't listen to any of them. And don't if there, trust there Tony Khan. That's what I would learn. Tony Khan's a young man. Tony Khan promises too much. Overhypes things. Tony and Khan gets very them, excited. Sets them up for failure, doesn't he, with his words. I think he needs to just calm down in the press. Mm. That's what, that would be my advice to Tony Khan, which, of course, he will take because we are role models here at Cultaholic Wrestling. But uh, I thought, you know, because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's only Christian doing the old Todd Grisham from back in the day. It's Christian. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. You look at all of the clues from Paul White and to, I think the first interview Tony Khan did, and they're all true. You know, he's a man. He's a, a <laughs> Tony Khan's favorite wrestlers. One of all of our favorite wrestlers, surely. surely Matthew, is he one of your favorite wrestlers? You, got, must, you must like Christian. I like him, but like a favorite. Right, we'll move on from that one then. All the clues no, that Paul White said, good worker, could outwork anybody. It's a massive claim today, but you know, everyone says that Christian's a good worker, a good footwork and all that stuff. All the clues were true until Tony Khan was like, what was it, a game-changing, world-changing, shape-shifting designing or something <laughs> like that? It was just one hype too far that allowed people to go, oh, it's going to be Brock Lesnar or John Cena. And Christian's he's, not that um, level, is he? He's not. He's, he's a, if you're a wrestler... He's your favourite wrestler. Yeah. And 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 Lewis, who writes for us, who did used to be a wrestler, managed to get in there this week, and I was waiting for it, from either him or Richard Tubman, but I don't think Tubman would do that, really. Just talking about how good he is. Just letting us know that we're not cool like him, because he's a wrestler. And that. There used to be a line where they say, like, oh, he's a wrestler's wrestler. Like, oh, he's a comedian's comedian. And they go, oh, that's nice. He goes, yeah, because only comedians have heard of him. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I get what you mean okay, I'm flattered by the wrestlers I'm sure they have a nice time with Christian it's just again this is sounding weird and I know I have to tread lightly because I saw on Twitter the outpouring like oh my god Christian my favourite I'm so happy there but I'm like 
isn't he virtually retired? It's just, it's just hard for me to get like, oh, fantastic! He's forty seven. The peak. This is it. Oh, this is it. No, it's he only had, he had it taken away. He's like edge, isn't he? It, it's not like an old fella coming back for a payday. He had it taken away, and he's worked. I was listening to that podcast he did with Renee, and he sort of he's worked to get it back. Like Edge has, I think him and Edge need to be classed as different to to Goldberg, for example, coming back and getting a big payday. And, How so? Surely, well, they didn't want to retire, did they? They've had they, they were forced to give it up, and now they're coming back and making up for lost time, aren't they? Oh right, okay. When you put it like that, that's fair enough. And surely, as well, they're going to be like using Christian. Where where he'll he'll help people back. He'll pass on his knowledge. You know, think a little bit. His benefits will be behind the scenes. It's like hiring a player coach. Yeah, but they have Paul White, Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts. Stick. Uh, yeah, they've got I mean, lots of people. Yeah, Christian Cage is like, all right, make sure you come off the top rope with a crossbody every match. Christian's one of the best wrestlers ever. Sounds so crappy, then. I'm sorry. Christian's like Mizawa. Come on. <laughs> He's the best of all time. Oh, no, he's hitting the Impaler 98. And if, and if you don't believe that, then you're not a worker. You're not one of the again, boys if you don't think Chris uh, is yeah, one of the you best know, yeah, Again, I'm thinking like a, a stupid fan. Yeah, oh, good, oh, good. Look, I'm not unhappy, but I'm not going, yay, what, what's he going to do? As a certain WCPW wrestler once said to me, get on the other side of that barrier, pal. You don't belong here. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, did I, what did I was say it that? Christian? Oh, did I say wrestler? Sorry, I meant referee. <laughs> As a certain WCPW referee once said to me, get on the other side of that barrier. Oh, I, I, oh. I, I reckon I can guess which one. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, yeah. hang on, there's not many. The one that took himself too seriously. <laughs> oh. I doubt, I'm not going to say anymore. And what's he doing now, Jack? Refereeing. <laughs> ah, well, lots of that what's... going now and then in the UK. Uh, well, it's not, that, that's not thing. his fault, in fair. <laughs> Darby Allen and Sting win the cinematic street fight, beating Team Taz in a super spooky warehouse. See... To run with what I just said, I watch AW because I love all of these cool indie people uh, and the, the workhorses like Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, uh, even Hook getting his meaty hooks in uh, and the stuff like this. And I'm not exactly thrilled to be like, oh, this is great. Sting, a man, he's, he's going to pass on his knowledge and his wisdom and everything else to talk about Christian Cage doing. And he bloody wins the pay-per-view match. To be fair, the build-up has been terrible for Team Taz. I don't know how they could have come out without with a victory. They've just looked like utter mugs the entire build-up. They made a right mess of that for, for Team Taz's point of view. But all right, this, that was beautifully shot. Mm. I've never seen a professional wrestling match shot like that. Another the camera cut for Sting's nearly 62-year-old Sting, by the way. His uh, reversal from the powerbomb position to a roll-up. That the left, Yoshitonic guy. That left something to be desired. But uh, the rest of it, I thought, was beautiful. And Stink, it's Stink can still move like for his little his little bits in the ring with Ricky Starks and that. I just wish he didn't have the live commentary. That was a weird choice, I think. Did yeah, you? Was did it you? supposed to be as if it was happening live? I think so, because Taz was like that camera shot through, <laughs> through the car. Yeah. Wow, look at this match. Right. <laughs> okay. Because Taz was going like, "Come on, Starks, come on!" Like as if it was live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a mistake. Uh, but it, I enjoyed it. I think. It is weird though, because people are going to sit there and go, "Oh, you, you'd be if, if WWE did this with Sting winning, you'd be going, oh, you'd be going mad, wouldn't you?'" But I don't know how Team Taz could have come out with it. They've just made a mess of Team Taz from the start of that build, so I don't reckon they could have come out with a victory then. Look, yeah, it's weird. Team Taz need redoing somehow. I don't know how. You know what would have helped them? 
beaten Sting, this oh, legendary yeah. legend. You know what? They should do the same with Christian Cage. Christian Cage should put them over his wealth and wisdom and all the stuff and his top rope drop kick. That's what I'm looking forward to. It is that just it makes me a bit angry. Team Taz, I would they would stand there with a five to two advantage, going, "Oh, we'll get you soon." Yeah, right. <laughs> Every week. Yeah, That's what I mean. I if you if we're booking people in wrestling matches and they're physically incapable of actually doing anything outside of being filmed cinematically, that isn't appealing to me. Mm. Um, I know lots of people, you two included, have just said positive things about this. Me personally, I don't feel anything watching these cinematic matches anymore. Okay. There's nothing happening with me now. I'm comfortably numb. And I've got a lot of heat on Twitter for it. Don't care. Show me something better. Uh, if you have to edit someone doing a Yoshi tonic in a whatever. It's all good from here, lads. It's all positive. All the oh issues are gone. God. Kenny Omega beats John Moxley in the exploding barbed wire title match with the help of the Bad Brothers. Afterwards, they <laughs> handcuff Moxley and reveal they're going to blow up the ring before running off. Eddie Kingston comes out and bravely lays down over Moxley to protect him from the blast. It says here, which is very underwhelming. I don't know. Maybe that was supposed to be for the Christian Cage reveal. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what to say, well, so I just said it was, was very say underwhelming. That, that was but I can't job. sum up the, the, how underwhelming it was. Yeah. Comically, perfectly underwhelming. Before that, though, I'm interested in hearing, Ross, I don't think you're a deathmatch dude. What did you think of it before the uh, you know the finish? Up until the good brothers, or the bad brothers came out, I thought it was very, very, very good. The visuals of sort of getting whipped into the ropes and explosions. Like, I've seen, I've seen one deathmatch, and I can't remember which one it was, but it was a while ago, because me and Sam used to do these streams of extreme things on What Culture Extra. <laughs> so I saw one of them on there. Um, but yeah, up until that, the, the stuff into the ropes was visually impressive, I thought. The, the stuff off the apron to the, the, the mine fields on the floor, whatever they were called, on the floor, that was impressive as well. The bat that exploded on impact, I mm. thought that was impressive as well. But the dread that just overcame me when the good brothers or the bad brothers came out, they just didn't need to be there. Like, that was a match that just should have been allowed to just... I know that, obviously, within sort of kayfabe and the rules and whatnot, and they could have come out and get involved, and I guess it does kind of make sense. But it, just let the two lads just kill each other. Just don't get anyone else involved. Just let the two lads kill each other. And then from that moment onwards, it just all went wrong, didn't it? Just it was crap sort of beat down. We've seen it a million times before. And then the ending happened. So it was it was good up until the Good Brothers came out for me. An underrated part of the awfulness, I thought. Because I agree, the match was excellent. And it's such a shame for the lads who tried really hard. But an underrated part of the badness, which I really laughed at, was um, when Kenny and the Good Brothers and Callis made their escape as the countdown was going on because it was like they were running off stage on a pantomime or something they were Kenny stopped and looked at the crowd and went <laughs> and then like went off with like it was almost like with a swish of his cape and I was just like bloody hell and then yeah, yeah. I mean well, it was absolute scenes in here by the way me and Owen would it sounds horrible to say but we were bouncing when that, when that crap sparkler went <laughs> I'm not somebody who does like reaction channel stuff and this was a time when I went oh I should have <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who did it? Was it Pachita who did the live watch along? Yeah, yeah. I've not seen what his reaction was, actually. Yeah. He put down his fruit pasta lolly to laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I liked it because it's not often you see these matches done on such a scale on a mainstream place, done perfectly. The barbed wire ripping the clothes, the, the explosions and the ring looked good. Ones outside weren't as good, but I still like them. Done very well, appreciate it. I didn't even mind that the, the, the Bad Brothers showed up 
to interfere because Kenny Omega is supposed to be an evil yeah. diddler. So at least made sense. And then it was weird when Don Callis went, aha, there's no kill switch. It has to explode after 30 minutes. We can't shut it off. I went, what? <laughs> what if the magic ended in 15 minutes? And everyone go, all right, well, that's the, that's that's your lot. All right, I've been Jim Ross, been Tony <laughs> Christ, what was that? I mean, that was um, uh, stupid. And then obviously everything else happened. But until that point, if they ever released on Blu-ray and this, this cut out, or just include the bit on the Independence Day when the White House gets blown up. Tony Khan can buy all the rights to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, loved it. Fantastic. <laughs> Jump got, Jump got. Dread. And the credits roll and Baltimore play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, can I, I just quickly mention as well, when he hit him with the one-winged angel, I was like, no, Moxie's going to kick. He's going to be the one to kick out of it. And I was gutted because that's got to be Hangman. And then it, I really enjoyed the rope break yeah. and the explosion. It knocked the ref over in the air. I was like, this is really good. And then it just went so wrong. Yeah. But overall, a weird pay-per-view because there was stuff I liked and then I looked and just went, all right, but did I enjoy all of it? No, but did I enjoy some of it? Yeah. Will I enjoy what it's setting up? I hope so. Still going to watch Dynamite. But I saw some people saying this was worse than All Out last year. No. So I was going to say, what did you two a, think in terms just of the that? last thing they saw? Wasn't it left a sour yeah. taste in the mouth? Is that because just in case people skip the Hall of Fame segment? I know people skip the segments. We spoke about the explosion more in that segment than this one. So check out that analysis. Oh, people skip a Hall of Fame. Oh Christ! Yeah, no, it's the best segment. Oh, people skip segments. Wait, wait, wait. Pe- people skip the Hall of Fame to hear us talk about wrestling. <laughs> oh no, nah. they're going to hear me slagging off Christian Cage. Oh, you know what? <laughs> one of my favorite guys from '98 was Christian. We had the long hair and the brood. Ooh. Good luck. <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. Here we go. Never mind. Who cares about AW Revolution? The bomb's not going off. Three-hour bomb. Oh. Miz claims that he'll win the title back in his rematch tonight. That actually opens the show, and Lashley beats him with ease, because how else are you going to do this match? Afterwards, Drew McIntyre cuts a promo backstage and criticizes Lashley for taking the easy way to the title through Miz. What? He's attacked by Sheamus and demands a no-DQ match from Adam Pearce with him and Sheamus. Yeah. Drew, okay. Drew McIntyre lambasted Bobby for not beating him for the title. Rather than helping Miz to get it and then beating Miz for it. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's um, All right, okay. R-Truth tries to get Strowman to help him win the 24-7 title back, but Strowman ignores him and heads to the ring. He calls out Shane McMahon and wants an apology. Shane comes out and apologizes. It looks like he has more to say, but he leaves instead. Later, Jake. It looks like you have something to say. Yes, I do. <laughs> Shane gets Adam Pierce to organise another meeting between them in the ring. They both come out, and Shane rambles for ages before taunting Braun and running away. Braun follows him to the parking lot, where Shane's car speeds away. Braun storms off, and Shane's still there. The cheeky boy. He calls Braun stupid. Okay. I think the best thing about this, other than the insane Twin Peaks-esque acting from Shane, <laughs> was the fact that it's like, oh, Shane McMahon's a bad guy now. And no one told the Thunderdome crowd noise because it was still, yay! Uh, at the end, it was booze. Yeah, I at the end, it. the guy realized the thing. Yeah. He's like, uh-oh, switch. Yeah, because I've, I've been saying on my videos that Shane McMahon's always been a heel. <laughs> he's been a heel for the last few years. He's done nothing on TV that makes him likable and should be getting oh. a cheer. Raw Underground. 
Well, yeah, apart from that, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been arguably the biggest heel in the company, maybe, when he's appeared mm-hmm. on screen uh, over the past few years, especially from sort of the arse end of 2017 onwards, <laughs> um, which has been a long time. Um, so yeah, if this was a segment to try and get Shane booed as a heel, I thought it was completely pointless. Um because Shane's been a heel all along. Shane's been unbearable all along. Shane, <laughs> I don't understand. It's just, yeah, Shane forgot his lines. Thankfully, as we covered in the news section, just in case people skip the news section, Shane is fine. He's healthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> he hasn't got any issues going on. Um, it's, it's good to hear legitimately. As much as I don't like the character, it's good to hear he's healthy and well. It's uh, very confusing because we've still got a long way to go to get Braun Strowman cheered, although that's easily done by just having him doing big, stupid stuff like pushing over buildings and stuff. Get that Braun Strowman back. We all love that Braun Strowman, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a weird one at WrestleMania, this. It's going to take the headlines for either the right reasons of Shane McMahon flying a very long distance or the wrong reasons, which is Shane McMahon out wrestling Braun Strowman no, and pinning him one, two, three, which could happen. Braun. Which he's could not. happen. No. <laughs> Being the Miz was bad enough, but you can't be beating Braun. Surely. With a power slam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a Kimura lock, because he's jiu-jitsu. Um, what was it that Shane said to Braun to get him to chase him? I'm pretty sure he just went, Braun. What's that about? Oh, he went, Braun, I mean, in your life, I would never call you stupid. I find people calling other people that 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 word that word itself is abhorrent yeah and uh i would never i mean all through your life i i believe that it, the word stupid has been thrown around like uh stupid is a stupid i mean brawn in your life <laughs> stupid things have no doubt happened the word stupid could be found by webster's dictionary as a descriptive word i'm shane mcmahon have you, and you i'm know, doing a very decent impression of someone high on coke matthew i've got a, a computer game reference for you uh-oh. You know, you know in Metal Gear Ross Solid Cover 2. Your ears. Oh, no. You know in Metal Gear Solid 2 when it turns out you you start to learn you're in a simulation and the captain starts to like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know starts to read out like history lessons and stuff just off the yeah, end yeah. his voice starts going like a computer and it's like what's going on? That's what Shane was doing. Shane McMahon's going, I'm sorry that you had to pay for lunch the other day. I just I'm yeah. not been doing good with my money lately, Bron. What? <laughs> oh nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is when the simulation Have you ever broke seen down. King Kong, the movie? <laughs> What do you game? like films? Do you like what films of gladiators in Braun? What, <laughs> what a segment. You know what? I wasn't interested in watching Shane versus Braun, but I am definitely going to be watching every other segment involving Shane McMahon from that one. <laughs> <laughs> Drew and Sheamus have their no DQ match and absolutely batter each other. But the finish is weird. They both ram into each other with a section of the ring steps and neither man can continue. That's not true. The referee has a look at them and go, cripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And Drew gets over and goes, no. Uh, it's too late. The referee's already decided. Yet, Raw's made itself uh, non-essential by the fact that they did Elimination Chamber. They had a bunch of storylines they could have gone with. They plowed through all of them in a week. And now they're going, I don't know. I've drawn Sheamus again where neither man can lose it's fast lane needs to go it's just it's it's buggered the road to wrestlemania it's a massive crater in the middle of the road to wrestlemania because this was obviously just a it was a good match up until the finish which was a bit like oh i was enjoying watching them beat the beat the piss out of each other but now we've got to set up a fast lane main event match let's 
have them both die for a bit and then come back at Fastlane and have a big slappy match there as well. It's just Fastlane needs to go. It's pointless. Just ruins weird, everything. Weirdly, even though I'm not looking forward to Fastlane as an as a show, I'm looking forward to the two match like Brian and Raymond, Ro, Brian and Raymond, Brian and Ruins and Drew and Sheamus. I think they'll both be really good. Yeah. But you're right; it's just totally. I was about to say it's a roadblock, but they did used to call it roadblocks. So. Hey. Yeah, they realised that was too apt, so they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on, it really is. Uh, Xavier Woods beat Shelton Benjamin with a roll up. Celebrates with Kofi backstage. Riddle finds them, and they agree to watch his scooter during his match. He then beats Slapjack. Go away. Uh, so watch his scooter. So he must be a local lad then, because they're all arranged now in Newcastle. Oh, Police having to clamp word. down on them. No, I've I... had a go on me. You've had a go? No, I'm saying I'm not having to. Have you? No, have you, Matthew? I'm tempted to. Uh, a lot of troublemakers are riding them around my, my ends. Oh. A lot of troublemakers. Lads, two to a scooter, get oh, down. My God. Lads, right. Are you meant to ride them on the road, aren't you? Or on the pavement? I've seen people on the road and the, the cars behind them. I've not been impressed. <laughs> but then I turned the corner coming back from the shop the other day and one nearly ran me down because he was on the pavement and I wasn't impressed. So what do you do? I don't know where the men are going. Make them fly. <laughs> oh. Yes. I can't the believe they brought them back after the, the, what was it, the bikes called? What were they called? Can't remember. I can't yeah. after that scandal where people just threw them in the tie and I, left I was them on the say, streets. I don't know what they were called, but they were wet. <laughs> <laughs> the, as appealing to like troublemakers as the bikes were, the scooters are like 20 times as appealing to troublemakers. I mean, they don't go very fast, but I just can't believe it's allowed. I feel yeah. like we're in a lawless land. Especially That's when there's a pandemic, right? And you've got to share helmets with other, with other strangers. How oh, are man? Touching the handlebars that others have yeah. used. It's crazy. But yeah, still want to try one. Want to go, yeah, want to go 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And talking about that was a lot more interesting than talking about anything to do with Riddle. No, to be fair, though, that match oh. with Slapjack was the other highlight of Raw for me. You had Shame at Man being a bad highlight, Drew and Sheamus until the finish being a good highlight, and then uh, Riddle and Slapjack had a good match. I know it's Riddle, but I don't <laughs> like his character either, but he had a good match. Yeah, good for Riddle and Slapjack. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> good, good for them. <laughs> Two of the best characters <laughs> of WWE today. <laughs> Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat Naomi and Lana with the help of Reginald. Oh, he's good, back. it's been five minutes since I'm a Reginald. He's back, everyone. Get the dogs excited. Over. He's taken over. The, the baddies, I've invited him to ringside. And that's that. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, sorry. I he, there's he, more they, on there, but you know what? Them, I don't care about him. So he helped them win, and they'd invited him to ringside for the match. Great. Yeah. More well, on nice, the Reginald nice channel. Right if you want more Reginald, then get the Peacock service for Americans this March, and then presumably he'll have his own channel. Backstage, Charlotte Flair challenges... Oh, God. <laughs> Backstage, Charlotte Flair challenges Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke to prove themselves as we head towards WrestleMania. Right. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to this segment. Did she mean... No one Prove knows. yourselves for the for the Raw Women's Championship, or did she mean the tag championships? Because she is one half of the tag team. Surely she should be talking about the belt that she holds. But I think she was talking about Asuka's belt. So I was I was coming out of my slumber at this point of Raw <laughs> and since and, and trying to get back on track and rush the final bit of the show. Mm. So I think that Dana and um, Mandy cut a promo where they were saying like, "Oh, we're 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 going to work hard and." We're going to do some good things on the road to WrestleMania, whether it be as a tag team or as singles people. And that's where Charlotte comes in, because it's her business, apparently, for some reason, which I've got no idea why. Um, and she says, well, you've got to prove yourselves, because I'm here and I'm Charlotte Flair. 
I think that's how the segment went down. Matthew's doing an accurate representation of what was happening to me during this week's Raw. Um, but uh, yes, it, Charlotte had no business being around there, for my opinion. So, But she was, and that's what she does these days. So, good. Yeah. Fast lane, handicap match, Mandy and Dana <laughs> against Charlotte. Probably, maybe. Oh, <laughs> do you think Charlotte's going to take the belt into Mania? Is she going to win it before Mania? No, Reginald will win it <laughs> yeah. from her. Something, something. I don't care. But don't it's care. so cute. He's a cute, he's a cute little cute. Yeah, I think it's cute. And I agree. That's what Naya keeps saying. Mm. No, I hate these characters that get introduced and they keep on running up the ground and they just don't stop, even though it stopped being funny ages ago. I agree, Matthew. <laughs> Sorry, that seemed appropriate. AJ Styles mocks Orton for his recent issues with Alexa Bliss. Orton challenges him to a match because those sound like fighting words to me. AJ wins after Bliss appears on the Tron and says, Not yet, causing Pyro to shoot from the ring posts, but not all of them. Hey, Tony Khan. Um, and black stuff again spews from Randy's mouth. Ross, what did you think of this? Wait, rinse and repeat in it. Is that, the, is that the right phrase? I've just said a phrase yeah. there. Uh, it's, it's, yes, we've seen it before. It's a main event match interfered by some spooky bollocks, which causes Randy Orton to have a bad time. It's, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how you do things different because, you know, we're, we're building up to the Fiend coming back, obviously, at, at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know how you do things differently, but that's, that's what we're doing at the moment, isn't it? It's just the same every week. Right, Ross, like I said, they did. They had all these cool things built up for Elimination Chamber. This possibility, this could happen with this person, and they didn't do any of them. And now it's just like, they could have played last week's episode for this week's and just pretended yeah. that. It was just to redid the commentary, maybe, and just see if anyone noticed. Maybe we'll get that this week. <laughs> yes. Do you think we one week we should just say what happened last week on Raw and see if anyone <laughs> in the comments notices? It is, get I this, there was like... a spooky bit with Orton. Riddle said something stupid. Retribution is still crap. And Charlotte said something that was really powerful. There, there we go. Yeah. It is weird though, because I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, we all sit here and go, oh, well, they should do this, that, and the other. I don't know how you build to the Fiend coming back at WrestleMania without being seen beforehand and make it different every week. You know what I mean? Unless it just doesn't happen for a week or two and you go back to it. And I don't know. Yeah. Three hours, eh? Too much to fill. Yeah, you know what? Every, every negative thing I said about AEW's pay-per-view, forget it. Because, you know what? Compared to that, it was WrestleMania X7. Yeah. Um, AEW Dynamite. Matt Jackson loses a rare singles match to Phoenix as they build towards the Bucks versus Death Triangle for the gold. Daniels Gazarian watch on from the crowd. And we get reminded that, yeah, they still have that. If we're teaming up in a normal tag match, not any battle royals or anything like that, and we lose, we're kaput. Yeah, yeah. Think be, be against mm-hmm. the Bucks, won't it? They've got that relationship there. Uh, I don't want to see it. I just don't want that. Why I'm that? not asked about it either. <laughs> I, I like I like I like SCU, but uh, not for I long. Just don't want to, well, yeah. I mean, see you later. Hey, it's very sad anyway. But um, it was a good match with Phoenix and Matt Jackson. Matt once again being a, a bad baby face because. Phoenix accidentally kicked Nick on the outside, right? Matt moved out the way and Nick was standing too close to the ring and Phoenix kicked him. Totally by accident. So Matt 
gets out of the ring and just boots Pac in the head as revenge. And I I hate those bloody young bucks, man. I hate them too. They are horrible You hate them, men. Matthew. Yeah. Is it because is it we're British and we don't like braggadocious people? And oh, But in America, if you've got lots of money and you show it off, that's a good thing. Apparently. I don't know. I don't uh, you know. know I think you've nailed it. A lot of it there, Ross. A lot of what yeah. they consider to be lovely attributes we think of as incredibly annoying yeah. and not good. Uh. But I've got something to ask. Jim Ross said on commentary, because there's a bit where Phoenix is getting counted out and Pac's like, how are body lad? Get back in the ring yeah. so you can do it. He starts batting the mat and all that stuff. And Jim Ross says, well, Pac can't put, can't put his hands on Phoenix. And I was thinking, can he not? Is that a thing to, to stop a count out, and just pick him up and put him in, I think that might be pushing it. Do you reckon? We see it all the yeah. time, don't we? When bad people do it, yeah, but he's a good person because <laughs> he's Pac. He's he is a proper baby face now, isn't he? He came out the tunnel and everything. Oh. Wait, has he ever been heel? Yeah. Never booed him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Moxie and Kingston are having a bit of a whiskey near fire near a fire pit somewhere. They are. It says, it says here they are adorable friends, and I ship them hard. You know, I was so, hoping, I was hoping you'd just read it without realizing. Bless no, you, Jock. Okay. Eddie explains that he blacks out in extremely stressful situations, explaining the fact that he sold the rubbish explosion like death, like when he was in a, a youth courtyard. Yeah, yeah. getting was sent it, down to prison. Yeah, getting sent. Uh, and the, the the guards were teasing him, saying, "You're going to Rikers. You're going to Sing Sing." Oh. And he blacked out then. They argue playfully over whether Omega actually intended to blow them up or meant it as a joke. They agree that Impact probably paid for it, explaining its poor quality. Poor Impact, eh? I know to deal with it whatsoever, but they're still the butt of the joke. <laughs> Absolutely few. Like McNulty in The Wire. What did I do? It's later revealed that Matt Hardy is... Oh, no. no crap there. Apologise. But yeah, look. There's very little they could do to go... You know what? We messed up. What are we going to do about it? So having these two go, all right, we thought it was going to be this. We thought it was going to be that. But never mind that. Let's just get Moxie. I mean, they did about as good a job as you could ask for, I think. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
yeah, they, they, obviously they didn't plan for that to happen on Sunday, but I, I really like the way they, they used that and turned it into a storyline because you've got... And it's an open-ended thing. You don't know what to believe is the actual sort of canon thing in the storyline because you've got uh, Kingston, who believed it was real and, mocked, and Omega really wanted to blow them up. So he fainted, as you would do if you were expecting to be blown up. I reckon I might pass out <laughs> in that sort of instance. You've got Moxley, who just disregards Kenny and thinks, oh, he just messed up there because he's a tosser. Then you've got Kenny and Don, who claim we've done it on purpose just to try and make a fool out of Moxley and not give him the send-off well, he deserves to be in his career. I like the open-endedness of it all. I like some of it, but not that bit. But I'll explain. we'll get to that bit in a second. Yeah. It's they revealed that Matt Hardy signed the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny to a stable, which makes sense now that Eddie's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? That, family, I forgot yeah. about that plot, plot point with him being with Eddie. Yeah, it does make sense for him about the Butcher and Blade. Oh, oh my God. Chris Wilder has left Sheffield United. What? That he is earth-shattering right. news. He was doing right. <laughs> who, wants, who wants that job? That is a poison chalice at this stage of the season. James Beatty. <laughs> yes. Wait, why? Did he I used to know, manage just them? got a notification from Sky Sports there. Oh, wow. Huge news. Oh, get Decanio back in to the Prem just Those for the... Red and white wizards. You've got to say yeah. it like that for some reason. Was I that what Decanio used to... No, oh, I love right. a guy from Sheffield who was a Sheffield United fan. He's like, come on, you red and white wizards. <laughs> so many Caribbean fans of Sheffield United. <laughs> uh, Cody absolutely squashes Seth uh, Gargis, it says here. Shavoni interviews him in the ring, but he's interrupted by Penta, who's at the Spanish announce table. Penta uses one of the commentary team to translate and insults Cody saying that he's lucky Penta didn't get a hold of his injured arm at Revolution, or he wouldn't be able to hold his baby when she's born. Bloody Cody hell. rushes into the stands, they will pull up our brawl. Sexy Penta smashing Cody Daft and mocking that he can't hold his arm. Oh, fantastic. Love it. If that crappy ladder match means that we get Penta breaking Cody's arm, I'm all for it. We will. We will get that. Yeah. Um, I feel like Penta's... Sudden heel turn came out of nowhere a little bit, and his mates are still good guys. Is he the heel? <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. wait. Did, Let's did, ask those fans at the AW Revolution well, where Cody came back heroically. Did, did we have to see Cody have a valiant squash match just to prove that Revolution didn't take him down? He's still fighting everybody. Oh, did we need to see that match just to set up a match with Pentagon? We could have just had a better, like a better and longer promo, couldn't we? Charlotte Rhodes. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, it is like Charlotte, it is, yeah. I'm concerned about what War Seth might have done backstage because Cody usually gives newer guys a bit of a few moves here and there, but he destroyed him. They were squaring up, and I was like, this Seth lad looks like a big dude. Like, what's he going to be able to do? And Cody bopped him with a right hand, and he sold it like... He was just bang. And then this Cody is Bally and Cody Rhodes, Jack. Then Cody him. That's the, the right run. fist of America. <laughs> Boom. Cody then hit him with a running power slam. Like Braun Strowman. The power slam of America. Freedom. And then the figure four. Cody. <laughs> yeah. British Bulldogs finisher. USA. <laughs> uh, it was weird. I am bored of Cody Rhodes, me. Bored Don't, of how me. sacrilege. I know, it, but it's, it's the Valiant stuff has jumped the old shark. It's have seen Barry the Shark in the waters and it's gone, wee! Because back know, in the days of MJF and all that stuff, it worked, didn't it? And the promos were fantastic. But now it's like, we get it, Cody. You, you, you've got good intentions and all that stuff and you're, you're hardworking, but we don't need to see it all the time. That's not all of... Cody's character's got more depth to it than that. 
What is it then? He's sometimes <laughs> he's sometimes a bit overconfident, and Arn has to tell him off sometimes. That's all I've got. He's got adrenaline. Yeah, Arn, Arn his... has to hit him with a fold-up newspaper. And go, e, what do you like, our kid? <laughs> he's got adrenaline in his soul, you know. He's got a crap tattoo. I don't like the Snoop Dogg theme. Doesn't. Fit I'm so him. I'm so excited for the mailbag. There's a question in there that's got a fantastic line about Cody. Okay. So if you're going to oh. skip the mailbag, everybody, don't do it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, you usually I'm... skip Cody, but don't skip this one. <laughs> a lot of people, telling us. I got a lot of comments on my graded saying, how did none of the Coldholic presenters know who Alex is from the Spanish announce table? I was like, I don't know. And then it was like, do they not watch Dark? And I was like, ah. Oh. Or being the elite. And I was like, ah, oh, right. I enjoyed nice his thing. delivery. I found it hilarious. He hates Cody. Yeah, as if he, <laughs> he was like Pentagon had hopped inside of his yeah. body and started speaking through him. That you don't, sense. you don't in <laughs> real life translators don't adopt the emotions of the person that they're translating yeah. for. It's like, shooting the messenger. Penta <laughs> says he is a thousand times better than you. <laughs> <laughs> also, Swo pointed out. I didn't realize it. Penta's name, which seems to change on a regular basis because of AAA, keep on. You know, trademarking all the variations of Pentagon Junior to be bastards. Currently, his name is Penta uh, El Zero Miedo. Yeah. Okay. The English translation is Five the No Fear. Yeah. Well, Penta's his name, so. Yeah, I know, but the little translation, it's like. Is it? Spanish speaking person, they go, no, what? Cinco. Cinco is five. Well, Pen- oh, I got told it was five. Well, Penta, Penta, Penta. Yeah. Five, five points on a thing, yeah. but I don't know if that's. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's another word for five, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe it comes from Spanish. Oh, someone won't lie to... Oh, have I been lied to? No, no, no. Penda, Penda does mean... I've been mean... made to fool no, once no, more. No, Penda does mean five things, but I don't know if it's yeah. of Spanish origin. I don't know I don't know the etymology of Pentagon. Yeah. Five is the number of times Penta's going to break Cody's arm. Every <laughs> week on Dynamite, Cody's like, good news, it's healed, and he'll just smash the... Oh, back to the hospital for me. Uh, this Cody, the, something's happened. With, I must have missed something because this suddenly everyone's sick of Cody. Because it's the same every bit. time, isn't it? <coughs> he's just, like, he gets beaten down and then, oh my God, how's he going to come back from this? But he does because he's Cody Rhodes and he doesn't feel pain because no, he's, he's not be... human. He's a, a step above a human or something <laughs> like that. He's Space Marine or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Everybody has to take on is like evil as hell so Cody can vanquish them to save the day. <sighs> Tony interviews Sting who puts over Darby Allen and their win at Revolution. He's interrupted by Lance Archer who is angry about not getting the opportunities he deserves. Tell him, pal. And uh, as WWE Worldwide on Twitter point out, Sting and Jake Roberts staring at each other like spin the wheel, make the deal. Good to see you today. The coal miner's glove. That's right. Everyone's favourite pay-per-view. That scarred me as a kid on my, my, my superstars of... What's it called? The, super, the VHS of WC Sting's career in WCW. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they highlight that, that feud with Jake Roberts in it when Jake gets the actual snake in the ring, but Sting turns the snake round on Jake and it starts biting Jake in the, in the neck. Oh! I think yeah. that's where my fear of snakes comes from. Yeah. He has to... The snake is not wanting to comply, so it's like, oh, no, look... The snake is attacking me. And the snake's like, no, I don't. I'm not gonna bite you. No, oh no! Look at this. <laughs> Jake. Jake does the best job you ever seen of this, a non-committing snake. You are <sighs> scared of snakes, aren't you? I'm terrified of snakes. I took that oh. day off when Sam. You booked, had that, to, you booked yeah. the day off. Mm. Yeah. Sam I'm, had I'm, that punishment in the office, Matthew, where he had not one yeah, but two. Was it two snakes? Yeah, there was a small one and then a big one. One coming in for that. 
I was presenting it and, and I had to really, really try and Billy Big Bollocks it up for the camera. So I touched the snake a little bit, but I was like, not that comfortable. But the I snakes... remember going to the um, the centre of the, the Hancock Museum, sorry, mm. in Newcastle when I was younger and they had the big yellow ones. Uh. And everyone was putting it around the neck and having a picture. I was the only one in the, in the, in the class not to get one. So I'm a, I'm a massive softy. We went mm. to uh, maybe Beamish, somewhere like that, and there was a little activity bit where everyone got like a like a torch on your helmet and you got to crawl through a, a tunnel maze. And I was the only one who didn't do it, but I can't believe I was the only one who didn't do it. It's terrifying, that. Mm. Like an underground section of tunnels. It was probably one way. You probably couldn't get lost, but don't like that at all. Mm. At all. Phew. It's very sensible, though. It's okay to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm scared of snakes. It's like, good. You know, those venomous, poisonous things that can bite those you. Yeah, untrustworthy no, things. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're like, e, I'm scared of cows, me. It's like, mm, it's a bit weird. Well, the time you were when you were sleeping. <laughs> exactly. Go, oh, no. we think of Roman Reigns' push. <laughs> Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy are hanging out in an arcade. They want one more match against Miron Kip Sabian. And if they lose, Chuck will be Miro's butler forever. Kind of like how this feud's going on. Uh, but they want the ring to be surrounded by arcade machines so they can smash their opponent's head through them. Interesting. Uh, I'll be looking at it going, oh, I wonder if they're going to be real arcade machines because I'm stupid. Uh, but, you know, the image is going to be cool because they have to go all out on this. No pun intended, after what happened at the end of the pay-per-view. So, maybe we'll see Turtles in Time. Who knows? Moving on. I Ethan... like Turtles in... Oh. No, no, I like Turtles in Time. It's a good one. No, this is not much else to say. Is Ethan Page beats Lee Johnson. QT Marshall just stands and watches Johnson get beaten down afterwards until Dustin Rose runs out and chases Page away. QT walks off and Dustin doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't watch Dark. But who cares about that? On the TNT broadcast... Somehow, inexplicably, <laughs> the audio from the basketball game playing on the, I think it's the West Coast, don't quote me on that, decided to play out over this. So Ethan Page came out the, the announcer of the basketball. Defense, defense, defense. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the dramatic moment of QT Marshall turn his back on Dustin once again. And you're hearing like what, what sounded like the Space Jam theme just playing in the background. <laughs> awesome Ethan Page needs to do this every match <laughs> right. uh, Tony Schiavone is putting in a shift this week and is about to introduce Christian as this multi uh, world title winning multiple tag team champion winning it is and then Omega the Bad Brothers and Don Callis head to the ring ha 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 Don refuses to answer whether the explosion was deliberately crap or not Omega mocks Kingston's attempt to save Moxley so Eddie walks straight down to the ring Omega offers Kingston a free shot, which he takes. It starts a brawl, and Moxie runs out to join in. Presumably after finishing the rest of the whiskey. Omega ends up alone in the ring and is confronted by Christian Cage, who refuses to shake his hand. Kenny goes to attack. Christian almost hits him with the Unprettier, but Callus pulls Kenny to safety. 69 me, Don. God. 69 me. I can't what? believe that was a thing yeah. that happened on this week's show. Kenny. Not like it, Matthew? I laughed, me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm like, all right. Well, Kenny, get to me. How dare you? I'm a man of integrity. No, um, uh, again, Kenny being a silly, bollock idiot, I guess that is what he's supposed to be, and him being a bad guy. All right, cool. 
to go turn us in Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega for the title. I'm happy with that. Turn a negative into a positive. I'm aware of it. And then Christian comes out. Jack, what did you think of this segment? <laughs> so, I agree with Ross for most of the show that they managed to kind of explain the explosion fiasco. But I don't know if this segment did it the best. Because Callis says, I'm not going to comment on whether or not we did it on purpose. We're the invisible hand, though, and we like to take moments away. So maybe it would be good if we did it on purpose. And then explains all the reasons why it would be good. So why don't you just take credit for it, then? Why did you just say, I'm not going to confirm it? Is that, am I just thinking about it too much? Is that just him being like a sneaky heel? Just as like a... I, I took it as like him just using a bit of wordplay. Because he right, said, we're right. not going to confirm or deny, okay. but then he basically confirmed it. Yeah, though. fair enough, fair enough. But that, that's hmm. the one thing. I just need to say, I don't know if they even, even need to address it now, but it's just the commentators, isn't it, that sort of lets the whole thing down now. Why did they act like it was actually the most devastating thing? Because it's all tied up from everyone, all the wrestlers' percept- uh, perspectives. It's all tied up now. It's just the commentators that need to explain their actions. Maybe, yeah? the, maybe I'm all right rest- with that, though, because Jim Ross goes, well... well what about you, Jim? Why, why do you act to those those Roman candles the way you did? Because you know, I'm paid to do so. Like, what <laughs> do you want? The, maybe the rest of the fireworks were under Excalibur's chair and they just misplaced them before the show. And he was like, oh my God! And like, ah, that's great. That's where they were. <laughs> Jack, that's fantastic. Hikurushida, yeah. <laughs> Thunder Rosa and Ryo Mizunami beat Britt Baker, Nala Rose and Maki Ito. <laughs> This match. Well, I need to see more of just wrestling inexplicably being voiced over by Maggie Ito singing. Just that <laughs> visual and audio combination was absolutely sensational. I don't even, need, yep. don't even know if they meant to do it, but they should do it every week. <laughs> and then they cut the music off and she just kept going. <laughs> yeah, as you would. Got to yeah. get your SHI taken, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Should have done the entire match singing, like New Jack style. Imagine if New Jack, as he's battering people, is actually rapping. <laughs> that was so just, good. It works though, doesn't it? Like Vicky, it? Vicky Guerrero and Sheeta were swinging canes at each other and yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah. Makito singing over the top, yeah. the juxtaposition. Fantastic. New Jack comes out one match and goes, you know what, I'm sick of singing that song every bloody night. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Going alone. <laughs> Just yeah, Ross, if you were New song. Jack and you could sing a song during a match as you're wrestling, which song would you sing? Do you remember? <laughs> the, t- the bell's just rang. Let me answer the bell. Oh. <laughs> it's New Jack. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, it's a real one. Oh. You got to go down. You got Oh, fire alarm, fire alarm. Fire engineer's here. Right, right. <gasps> Things are heating up here in the AW podcast. It's not the explosion on the revolution, so you'll be all right. <laughs> Darby Allen rolls up Scorpion Sky to retain the TNT title. Sky is not happy and attacks him afterwards, cementing his heel turn. Sky did two incredible counters in this match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the low pay into a arcade or into a cutter and the coffin drop into a powerbomb. I was like, yeah. flames. Him, you know, him, him winning that match, I'm like, Scorpio Sky who's done nothing for months. And then it's much like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, he's good. That's he's very good, yeah. And he did a heel hook. Cause, oh. right, cause. <gasps> he's a bad guy in the wrestling. Yes. Oh. The diddler hook. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The inner circle, speaking of which, the inner circle hold a war council to discuss their recent losses. 
Jericho suggests adding a new member, but MGF suggests getting rid of one. What? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Sammy Guevara interrupts. <laughs> that <laughs> I didn't think I'd compare it to Coronation Street, mate, because it was like yeah. a, a, like an ending scene on the on the big Christmas episode. Yeah, right. Lots of moments of you go, oh, <laughs> it was a different direction. It. Oh, another direction. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Butch Dingle interrupts. Sammy Guevara interrupts, saying that he has footage Jericho needs to see. It shows MGF convincing Hagar, Santana, and Ortiz to turn on Jericho and kick him out of the group. MGF commands the inner circle to attack Jericho, but they slowly turn and face down MGF instead. It's a double swerve. Oh. MGF, Jericho goes, you think I didn't know this already? Or we don't think we don't talk to each other outside of wrestling? Ha ha ha. MGF begs them not to attack and swears he wasn't trying to take over the group because he was busy creating his own. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the lights go down and the inner circle are attacked by Wardlow, FTR and the other one. Jericho is busted open the dynamite diamond ring and Wardlow power bombs him off the stage to end the show. Bloody hell. As someone pointed out on Twitter, the pro- do, do, do. Yeah. As someone put it on Twitter, it's uh, the second failed coup that Jericho Jericho family being involved in the show. No! <laughs> oh, balls, no. They no. get the very rare triple swerve, I think. But it, but it worked. I loved it. Do we not? Do you not love it? Well, I was there going, yeah, but why do I care that oh. Jericho's crew and everyone's been talking? I went, oh, yeah, Sammy Guevara's in. Oh, right, right. That's that's <laughs> why. All right, yeah, I'm all for it then. Yep, yeah, cool. Good old Sammy. Do you like Ross? Yeah, I, I like the, the, the twist and turn nature of it all. And then MJF, just when it looks like he's going to get his ass handed to him, like he's deserved to have done to him. For so long. And the prick pulls one out the arse, doesn't he? Sean Spears. If this doesn't get Sean Spears looking good, not will, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. This is the one. This is it. Sean I mean, Spears, that, have you ever seen like, those, uh, I mean, Jack might have, like those six-man like tag matches they have in Japan where it's like the mega legends and there's one dude that sticks out and you're like, why is that guy there? And it's like, because he's there to take the... He can still get pinned. So it's like... Yeah. The Great Buddha, Masachono, and Tenru to take on Onida, Kobashi, Masa. Fake Sting! You know, you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, that, that is the Sean Spears role. Ah, uh, yeah. But he's got a chair, he's got a thing. I did like chair. his curb stomp through the chair. That was mm. gnarly with a capital G. I'm surprised Sammy's taking those bumps after all the bloody issues he had with chairs yeah, last year. Mm. And also, them. it was pointed out. That MJF and uh, and Sean Spears go way back to the start of the lockdown era because they were gambling on the matches. They were being pals. Do you remember that? No. Do you not? Just in the crowd, yeah. On the side of the ring, whenever it would go over to them, they'd be like taking bets on the matches and stuff. Wow. It was good. It was good. It was funny. It was. It was good. No, it's just weird. I like AEW keeps on doing this. Like ah, this thing, and then someone will go on Twitter and goes, "Oh my god, this interview three years ago where MGF said, you know what? I'm totally going to turn on Jericho and start my own stable. Just you watch. Ha ha ha. No. Like, oh, they have this plan for years. Oh wow. AEW playing 4D chess. The thing that this has really highlighted to me, and yes, last weekend's pay per view had its weak points, obviously, but. It's so much better when a company has an endpoint and books backwards from it in the traditional way. 
Because I don't know what I don't know what Vince is up to, but when you, it's very obvious when they're making it up as they go along, as opposed to like having a, a planned out story, which is always better. Hmm. I guess the AW's thing is they have so many characters and now so many stables that it means that if something happens, like oh I don't know, some sort of pandemic that ruins the world for a year and a bit, uh, they can go all right. Well, so and so the leader's not here, but the second in command can take over or something like yeah. that. The, they're keeping things safe. So even I go, hang on, I'm not entirely sure where this is going. At least they've got backup and some decent wrestlers to take their place. So it's all right. Well worth the fiver they give us every week, eh, chaps? Mm. NXT, a.k.a. the show, that doesn't pay us a fiver every week. Boo, I already hate it. Regal announces a two-night take hour on April 7th and 8th. So that means it's going to be a four-day thing for WrestleMania. Two days NXT and then two days of Mania. Get in. It's, it's going to be a big week. A big uh, task. The big task. He also unveils NXT Women's Tag Team titles and awards them to Kota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Shotzi and Ember challenge them to a title match later on in the night. Huh. I saw something Weird. in the news. I don't know how true it is. Was that Alvarez saying that apparently they had intended to give the tag titles to the winners of the, the mm. Dusty Classic, but because of the pandemic and that, they weren't ready in time, so they had to postpone it for a couple of weeks? Ah. Uh, Which obviously would have made more sense, but, you know, pandemic yeah. and that. Not what you redo, is there? Well, it's not as if there'll be like a company that puts out a not finished belt on someone. <laughs> or, um, uh, <laughs> but I thought the idea, again, Matthew knows nothing about wrestling, obviously, that was that they were going to take the bloody women's tag titles away from the main roster. Much better suit of NXT because they're doing nothing up there. And no, it's just even more belts for yeah. WWE. And I think that's something that they need. Lack of belts at the minute. <laughs> Io Shirai successfully defends the title against Tony Storm, forcing the challenger to tap out. Good match. But yeah. she, but Tony's challenge is over now. She tapped out. It's not Tony time anymore. Oh no! It's five past Tony. <laughs> we get an interview with La Knight, who dares anybody to step up to him. Bronson Reed does, and has to be pulled away. He reveals that Knight's debut will be against him next week. Ah, Another promo that sounded good, but didn't really say too much. Yeah, hopefully yeah. the idea is he's going to be like a big coward. Yeah. Oh well. How is he going to win this one against Bronson Reed, though? How Low is he going to do it? Feet on the ropes, tights, all of it. He'll, all just, of it. Yeah. He'll come back and have a different name next week after he loses. He goes, that's the <laughs> re-debut of the Washington Wizard himself, Eli Drake. <laughs> Pete Dunn beats Jake Atlas and afterwards claims that he is the best technical wrestler in the world. He challenges anybody to prove him wrong. Ooh. Who's that going to be? Because I was sat there racking my brains. Well, I would have thought Thatcher, but as we'll learn in a sec, he's got his own stuff yeah. going yeah, on. Yeah, so he's right there in front of him. That's very rude. Speaking of technical wrestlers, segues Jack, Imperium could a promo offering Timothy Thatcher a spot in their group because it's where he belongs. Come Get home, it. Tim. Come Get home. In. Yeah, come home, Tim. They keep saying like he's a dog. Uh, they'll even <laughs> save room for Champa. Champa later answers on Thatcher's behalf, saying, nah. He's more concerned about Volta sitting safely across the pond with the UK title. Thatcher looks uncertain, though. Bloody hell. Champa's so concerned of getting pulled up the main roster, he's willing to go to NXT UK. He <laughs> <laughs> referred to himself as Old Man Champa this week. Old Man Champa. gray hairs. I know, but I know it's unavoidable at this stage, but I'm just shocked to hear it come out of his mouth for some reason. But, um, yeah, he looks much better as a proper baldy, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. What do you reckon that's for? Do you reckon he thinks he looks harder? 
I think he might look a bit more scruffy and relatable in kind of a Bruce Willis, John Moxley kind of way. When he's got the proper clean-shaved head, then he's the psycho killer, isn't he? Yeah. That's to say. That's just a guess. I've got no idea. I went for him to go that old man, champa. <laughs> He used to get C6 Steve singing his entrance theme. It reminds me of oh, C6 Steve. C6 Steve. Remember that from wow. the late noughties? Yes. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yes. Um, banjo made from a car. It was banjo made from a car. He used to have a little banjo made wow. from like, car, like a car uh, hubcap. He Hill was cap. class. He was on Jules Holland. Everyone yeah. was like, wow. All the time, I. Hoot Nanny yeah. was there. He loves it. I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> have you two heard of Hootenanny by the way yeah the show yeah because I, I was down at my mum slash girlfriends and they hadn't heard of it and I couldn't believe it <laughs> that sounds so wrong to people who haven't heard that joke <laughs> oh. is, yeah there is, by the way there's a joke but oh, God, previous don't, clip, don't clip that <laughs> God. yeah they hadn't heard of the, the, yeah. the classic Hootenanny it's not New Year's Eve without Hootenanny when you're at Hiem is it yeah no I Hernani is is the way to go, but it didn't. There was a bit of a scandal about it not actually being live. I pre- I couldn't believe it when I heard, learned that pre-recorded. It was like learning wrestling is not real again. I like going through like the Sting match. <laughs> C six Steve last posted on Instagram a week ago, ready for spring, and it's him sitting on a massive Harley Davidson. So he's doing all right for himself. I made out of banjos. He's, he's gonna say his future banjo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he's got a Twitter as well. What's he saying? I'm scared he's going to have some controversial takes. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, these days? I've not heard of C60 for about 10 years, so he might have done something terrible. He's followed I'm... He's followed by Coop Chicken. Oh, that's a sign of quality. Oh, God. <laughs> but he I've follows... got to get one of them this weekend. Mike, right, no Mike from Coop. Do you oh, follow yeah. him on Instagram? No, I don't no. think I do, actually. He put a thing up last night which was chicken sandwiched in between some waffles. Oh. Ross, I'm not ready for this, man. Coop Chicken is changing the game. Well, updating their, their oh. game. Oh, I do follow him. I do. Is it on his story? On his story, aye. It was last night when I saw it. The best oh, story I've ever read. Oh, hey. Did someone say chicken and waffles? I got you covered. Mikey, mm. saucy devil. He, he listens just... to the podcast, by the way. Yeah. And why yeah. wouldn't he? Well, we, we do we do mention Coop quite often <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're going to turn Newcastle into like a hotspot for wrestling fans but they'll just know about Coop and Rise and that's all I'll <laughs> do you know we'll what that's, I'm alright with that that's a decent day out that's right. you know that's phenomenal instead of interrupting you know before the four tops are playing or whatever and Rise it's like <laughs> I was about to eat oh I'm so hungry uh, where do you think what... Apollo Crews is giving <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do a night out after a Coop meal me I need a good comfortable oh, no. chair and a nice just cold like a nice glass mm. of whiskey or a cold pint of lager after a coop chicken. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't this isn't an advert, but we do whenever one of us mentions coop, we just spend a while going, Oh, it's good though. It is so good though, isn't it's it? Great I chicken. can't wait because he's, he's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but there is coop chicken merchandise coming. So oh, I'll, are you joking? I'll be wearing coop oh, merchandise on the podcast. Oh, I'll be as well. Don't know when, I'll be, but it'll happen. I'll be wearing that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where it arise? We'll pretend it's like a Hindu or something. We'll all have the same shirt. What's your favourite Roman Reigns match, Jack? And also, what's your favourite meal to get from Coop Chicken? I'll be the discussion. Arise. Shut your black heart, number moon, actually. Because Gonzalez to become the second. Oh, did he? To become the second yeah. NXT Women's Day champion. Yeah, Later, EO challenges Raquel. Oh, back. EO challenges Raquel backstage. 
Yeah, so she, she says, walked up. So I just wanted you. to fight there and yeah. then, right? You know, They're yeah. all devastated and that. And then Eo comes along and says, ah, I've got my eye on you. You're next. And Raquel's like, well, I'm harder than you, so all right then. And then she's she, like, have she, you heard of this group chicken place on this Call Out podcast? I'm not sure about it. She's goes, yeah, possibly- I've heard it's great. Have you seen the waffles? And she gets her phone out and just talks about that for a bit. She's possibly going to win, Raquel. Maybe not, the fir- maybe not the first time of asking, but she's going to be the next champion, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. Zaya Lee faces Caden Carter and stomps viciously in her leg. Casey Catanzaro hits her with a crutch for the DQ and Boa rushes in to attack. Sorry, sorry to say Boa, I don't want to scare you there, Ross. Uh, Caden hits him with the other crutch and escapes oh, with Katie. Yes. <laughs> it took a bit, second. Bit, <laughs> it wasn't great, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jordan Devlin is in an airport oh and reveals he can travel to the state. Can you, pal? Oh, great. Good to hear from you. Clearly whispering so nobody else in the airport could hear him. <laughs> mm. I'm ashamed to be NXT Cruiserweight champion. Oh, I love this time of year. <laughs> yeah. It's a great time. WrestleMania. That was an awful accent, that bad one. It was, it was. Appropriate for this person, though. Sanos Escobar complains about this to Regal before we see his henchmen in tag team action. They faced the grizzled young Vecht and beat them at distraction from Brizango, dressed as astronauts. Oh, remember those stripper gears they had all those years ago? Oh, they're back But again. wait, yeah. Matthew, but wait. There's okay. a twist in the tale. They attack them and get beaten down. It turns out to be all a ruse, as the astronauts reveal their helmets to instead reveal it's MSK. The real Brizango hit the ring and attack Wild and Phoenix. The two face teams dance together. And Fandango anoints oh. Wesley. Is it Wesley? No, yes. it's the other guy. Desmond Xavier's Wesley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's the other guy's name? I keep forgetting the other guy's name. Car- Car- Nash Carter. Coop Chicken. Oh, sorry. Coop Chicken. He anoints Coop Chicken, Nash? an astronaut, by putting the helmet on his head in a ceremonial fashion before they gyrate their hips. That was a lovely N- moment. Tia Nash, Ca- Nash oh. Carter. Nash a dry, Carter. A dry eye in the house. Finn Balor beats Adam Cole to retain the NXT title after Cole is spooked by Kyle O'Reilly appearing in the front row. I forget. I think it was local Soundwave. Sorry, I forget the guy wrong. But there was just all these great Twitter accounts I follow that said Kyle O'Reilly looked like the bully in a Nickelodeon TV series. <laughs> he's, he's, he's had something terrible's happened to him. He's gone to his dark like emo phase, hasn't he? Like he's misfits. No, that's not emo, mm. is it? That's more punk. He's punk phase. Yeah, he's wearing all the denim. Yeah. Yeah. Dark dead, like just doing just impressive, Spider Man Three, Carl O'Reilly. <laughs> O'Reilly attacks Cole afterwards. Is pulled away by referees. While back in the ring, Bala comes face to face with Carrion Cross. Bala's got eyes in the back of his head. He went, took you long enough, and then turned around, and Carrion Cross was there. Carrion Cross looks legitimately terrifying. There's something about him, part of partly that he's absolutely wedge, but it's something about his face. Just looks like the sort of person who could bite your nose off if he wanted. To. I'm scared of him, man. Something about his face. I'm just scared of him. It's the, is it the expression? There's just something about his face where you're like, if I even touch you accidentally, you're just going to explode. I, I'm scared of that man. He's got a scary face somehow. Not in like a, not in like an over the top wrestler sort of way. In a realistic like I'm staying the hell away from you way. I'm just going to find his face. Did you hear that? He's got a scary face. <laughs> no. I'm so scared of his face, Ross. I can't even look at it. I'm so scared. I'm going to Google his face, right? <laughs> right, I've got, I, found, I found an example of his scary face. I'm so face. scared. I'm so scared like... little hat might fall. Why am I doing impressions of you without... Sorry. Uh, look at... Let's have a look. He looks like he's ready to devour a coop chicken. I'm not scared. <laughs> 
He's got a scary face. He's like a shark. Oh, what, else do nice you, what else do you think of it? Oh, there's like a nice couple's one of him and Scarlet, and he's smiling. Anyway, <laughs> the illusion. I was trying to see how long you could do that. Come on, what else do you think of it? <laughs> probably, like, you know, probably, like, handsome and that, but just too scary for me to be able to notice how attractive he is. Have you met him? I've walked past him. So, no. And did you, like, run away? Like, yeah. I was kind of pushed aside by his force field. He's terrifying, man. I think I was with you at the time. I think it was in Caesar's Palace. I remember, I remember walking past the mic. It was on oh, the way to th- that press conference, wasn't it? I thought it was when Matthew... I thought it was when Matthew was trying to get guest passes for Pacini who wasn't there. And we told him about five times. <laughs> 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 Me and Matthew went to the desk. And Matthew's like... <laughs> Matthew obviously thinks I'm like 12, so he's like, I'll take care of it, pal, don't worry. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's, there's you... Sam, Ross, and Pacini. And I was like, there's not Pacini. And he was like, no, no, no. And then he's like, can we have four VIP passes, please? <laughs> and the guy's like, four, yeah? And I'm like, just three, please. And he's like, no, 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 four, four, four. And he got he wouldn't give it us them, though. The bloke's like searching through the, the list, the press list for Adam Pacini. He's like, he's not on here. And I'm like, no, I know. I know he's not. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So again, I misinterpreted. You said he's not here. So I said, "No, he's not here." Yeah, because well, when he Matthew, comes along, Matthew when he thought, in the second plane, Matthew just like, thought he was back at the hotel. I was like, "No, he's not here. He's not in. He's in your car." I was not like, he's not running Hulk Kirk to see. So it's not only I can see him. I know he's like, <laughs> not here now. This was pre-edible, was it? I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like day one. <laughs> Even better. No, Jack, I'll take care of this. Well, yeah. I, because you were like my little guide and for those for that hour or two. Matthew's obviously a much like a much more experienced convention oh, goer God. than I am. Not just wrestling convention, like any form of convention. So walking around oh. with you, I felt like I was with like a huge star, Matthew, because you were like walking around and everyone was. You had like wrestle crap and that. They were like Matthew, yeah, and I was like, wow, Matthew's like you're like you're like Brad Pitt of the of Caesar's <laughs> Palace that day. It was like being in Ocean's Eleven. It's class. You introduced, you, you introduced me to people and now you were like, this is the bloke who wrote The Death of WCW with Brian Alvarez. And I'm like, oh my God, nice to meet you. I'm Jack. And he's like, oh, Jack the Jobber. I'm like, stop, stop it. You don't yeah. know me. It's fine. That Dude, was crazy. I, I'm saying this now because I'm walking around pretending to be confident, but secretly I'm bewildered and confused at the fact that there's people that I grew up reading you seem who very... I still respect the hell out of, like Artie Reynolds. Yeah, and, I was um, it, Artie Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. You and the blue very... meanies like, hey, let's go get chicken wings together. Not chicken coop. No, um, don't have that in Las Vegas <laughs> yet. But you me see... and him got that. I was like, like it's nothing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to, I have to keep on going because if I stop to think, I go, what's happening? No, you seemed very comfortable, and I was freaking out. And like, so self self defense well, mechanism. Matthew, do you want to come to wherever and get some food with us? No, mate. I'm gonna meet up with Hornswoggle. He wants to have a few drinks. All right, then. that's cool. <laughs> you go and be. Oh, Men. a few drinks. God. <laughs> you go and be class with the wrestlers and that. We'll I need to hang out with Hornswoggle. It makes me look, you know, fake. He doesn't. He doesn't. I walk back and go, God, Hornswoggle looks amazing. <laughs> Hornswoggle did a proper, like, uh, like dad joke because we were walking along and Hornswoggle's coming down the escalator to meet Matthew and he sees Matthew and pretends yeah. that he wants to get oh, away. And he turns around and starts to climb back up the, like, climb back up the escalator. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he did that. What a guy. Yeah, it was funny. He was oh. good. 
Sorry about that interlude there, but Matthew... You know you what? Were, you I, like I, I can tell that I don't really pay much attention or care that much about NXT. So I'm happy to talk about Karen Cross's face, Chicken Coo, and getting smashed in Vegas. Maybe that'll be a, a nice <laughs> thing for a, a watch-on. A reminiscent... A look back at the anniversary of StarCast 2 when we're all together. Mm. As soon as we get that first podcast rewatched <laughs> together, who can tell? So maybe there's some sort of ancient booking device to put <laughs> dates together. Oh, well, that's the end of This Week in Wrestling. Yes, it was long. Let's have a rummage in our mailbags. <laughs> Mailbag sponsored by, oh, I know, your favourite takeaway. Number one, hello, friends. I didn't do the introduction to the mailbag. How rude. Uh, let's look at the mailbag. Number one, hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my yearly rewatch of, S- oh, God, of every WrestleMania right now. Oh. Every year you do that, bloody hell. Five, what was it? Five, was it five days and five weeks? Five days it must be. What am I doing here? Someone worked it out because someone was saying on uh, a stream we were doing, oh, you should do that as a punishment, watch every single WrestleMania. Whoa. Someone worked it out. as I think it, it no. must be five days. I'm just talking bollocks now. Ross has started to, I think he's hit the cliff. He started to slur his words a little bit. We have been sat here for two hours and nine oh, minutes. <laughs> last yeah, week's just... podcast was finished by this time, Matthew. <laughs> oh, Pacini was in airplane mode last time. <laughs> I did notice this, actually. I didn't watch all of last week's podcast, but I saw the length of it, and I was like, a Pacini podcast going about two hours? Pacini's normally the sign that it's going to go longer. Right. Was he busy? Was he in a rush? Yeah, he only had like three of her Twitch streams to do that day. You know. Right, yeah. Michael Barrymore singing that bloody song will replay itself. I, I have, I've seen that twice in stream now, and I can't get out of my head. What's um, happened to Pacini? What? He's, he's now created his own, like, he's created his own cult. His own inner circle. Yes, he is. And I'm scared of it. And I oh. feel like, oh, no, that was going to be a World War II. Th- it doesn't matter. No, never mind. That analogy wasn't going to be good. Oh, I'm intrigued what? now. <laughs> Just about the bodies in World War II that I'm not allowed to say the name of that particular movement because evil historical... Uh, n- n- I don't not, say not, not nice people. That's uh, right, yes. Not so nice people. Because didn't their private army bit rise up and take over the other bit and stuff? And anyway, I should never have made this. So you, are you saying that Adam and Steven? No, that's why I didn't want to. That's what. That's what I realised that I was comparing <laughs> us to that organised. I was like, nah. Oh my nah. god, Steve is Codes. Yeah, yes, No, Steven, no. Steven, you know what? I can't Steven, even joke about that. Steven, no. if you're listening, is like the no. nicest Steven, no. dude. Steven, if you're listening, no, no, Stephen, yeah, we're sorry. This, this we're co- sorry for including you in this terrible bit. We're so sorry, Stephen. I was just saying that as Stephen Scudder's in the role of the most prolific, you know, member of like Adam's gang. Oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. The dramatic pause there. Yeah, uh, I'm doing my yearly rewatch of every WrestleMania right now. I noticed that a lot of the songs WWE has used the events theme have been some of my favourite songs. I then realised they were some of my favourite songs only because I heard them at WrestleMania. Oh. My question is, do you all have any favourite songs or musical artists that you've discovered or like because you've heard them through wrestling? This includes TV slash pay-per-view themes, wrestler entrance themes or others. I'm very curious if there are similar stories to my own. Second shorter question, I do illustrations of wrestlers slash wrestling personalities and wanted to know if I could do some illustrations of you all. Oh, yeah. Haven't checked out his page. I would love that. I would love that if he did an illustration. Are they good? Oh, yes. 
Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, in that case, it's a yes from all of us. Uh, <laughs> I'll say yes, uh, best to be with this little guy as well because because he's keeping me going in a minute. Um, to answer your first question, <laughs> yes. I am very happy that I got ECW November to Remember 99, one of the very first VHSs, if not the first one they released. There was two of them at the same time. By ECW in the UK. Spike Dudley comes out to a song that goes, na, 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 na. And my dad heard that and goes, oh, that's ACDC. And I went, what, 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 what? And he goes, ACDC, it's, it's a band. Huh? It's a, it's a band, Matthew, it's a band. It plays music and stuff. And they go live and they charge people admission. That's how people make that. All right, okay, look, here's ACDC live. Listen to this. And that's how I got into the music properly as a kid. First band I got into, ACDC, still love them. And then got into some more rock bands, more heavy rock, other genres and stuff. And it wouldn't have happened. Maybe I've discovered something else, I guess. But Little Spike Dudley is how I got into that. Nice. That's a good story. Thank you. Sometimes I've got one. Uh, Jack, was, it also like, was it also like how you got in? Do you like Pantera and stuff? Was that also from ECW? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Because it would have been going to Napster and going such oh. a ECW Rob Van Dam MP3. Oh, Lars will be after you. Ulrich, oh, not Sullivan. Have you seen these on Cameo, <laughs> yeah. by the way? <laughs> yeah, people think of Lars. Well, Lars Sullivan. Have you seen Lars Sullivan's Cameo? No. <laughs> oh, what? my God. <laughs> it is absolutely oh. fantastic. Oh, no. The little trailer for it is like, I can, I can send you positive messages. Like, go on, do some good things today. Or I can send you really mean ones where I do it. It's fantastic. Fully recommend you go and watch it. Uh, have you got any favorite wrestler, uh, <laughs> wrestling themes or music that has helped your life, Ross? Um, when, I, when I used to go at the gym in my teenage years, my entire sort of gym playlist was shaped by pay-per-view themes. The likes of Trust Company. I wouldn't have known them without oh. the wrestling. Or like Sitha sold me. That's what that was one of the, the common ones back in the day. You sold me up the river. That one. All that kind of stuff. Hmm. I, I like to listen to the heavier oh, stuff when I'm doing well, when I used to do the working out. Don't so much these days, obviously, but you know. No, I, I, what, what's I, it being greeted by silence for? Am I speaking to different No, because I'm just saying... Because we popped, love you so I, much, no, then no one's the same thing bad about you. I popped into the office the other day from a social distance, and I, I, thought, oh, Ross lo- I thought Ross looked like he lost weight, definitely. I'm, I, I go for walks now, but this is when I used to be like a footballing teenager going in the, in the gym. I haven't been in the gym for years since I was at uni. Oh, I don't, right, I don't I necessarily I listen to podcasts on my walks. I don't listen yeah. to, to Sitha. I don't get pumped <laughs> yeah, up for a walk. <laughs> Oh, I do that. Like, I, I power walk everywhere, which is a, I don't know, stereotype for some people. But yeah. And so when I got into jogging, I like, I completely knackered myself the first time I did it. It goes, ah, oh, me, me ankles, me shins, me everything. Why is this? And they asked me, mate, to jog and goes, oh, we know what you're doing. What, what music you listen to? And it's all, you know, the Doom soundtrack by Mick Gordon. He's like, no, 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 that's not how you're supposed to be. You're, you're like going like you're being chased by a lion, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, no. Put Hall and Oats on. How about some steps? How about that on it? You know, and then it actually turns out to look nicer. So, and what about yourself, Jack? Well, I've already mentioned uh, My House and Hello Friday from Florida. And to this day, My House, the opening piano still makes me feel a bit excited because it was when we were going to WrestleMania and stuff. Um, and I was, God, a younger man. And it makes me sick to think how long ago that was now. Um 
Apart from that, I'm struggling to think of one because I'm not really into like hard rock and metal as much. I'm more of a punk rocker. Woo! So I remember Maria Canellis' Zebrahead song sticking out a bit. And uh, do you remember that? A Zebrahead song? Yeah, they did a song for her called With Legs Like... Well, not for her, but she used a oh, Zebrahead yeah. song called Legs Like That, which was meant to be for Stacey Keebler, but then wasn't. It was for Maria instead. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think I already knew Zebrahead were before that because of maybe Tony Hawk's. Hawk. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Take so, a chance and suggest. And I think they were on a SmackDown, maybe. A SmackDown versus Raw as well. The first one. Everything's falling apart. And then saw them supporting Bowling for Soup in the Academy years later. And MC Lars was there as well. Hot Topic is not punk rock. Not Sullivan. No, no, MC MC Lars Ulrich. Don't download me. It's funny you say this because I'm realising now, like, talk about, like, songs and what they mean to you in WrestleMania. I think this person saying it without saying it that, and I definitely agree with this, Whenever I'm at Rise, specifically, and Limp Biscuit, My Way comes on. Mm-hmm. There's very few songs that encapsulate the exact moment. Like you talked about that um, song a few weeks ago. That like that period, I forget what it was, but like that oh, period of your life. When it was Flow like Rider. That. It was Flow Rider. Oh, as was well. it Flow Rider? Yeah. It was yeah. The Club Can't Handle Me Right Now. Right. <laughs> but in that case, when that comes on, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, Limp Biscuit. And then it's almost like, you know, you shut your eyes. Oh, I'm not. Probably a good idea in Rice, but like you pretend to shut your eyes and you could see Austin mm. and The Rock go, you know, just one and all this. And so you remember that feeling when you saw WrestleMania X7 and wrestling was at that peak and you had these mates and that mates, and it is, ah, oh, that's a good feeling. Everyone does the stunner to each other in the club and, you know. <laughs> hey, sorry, like, I, Stop I, I it. Just then. Mm, that was good. I think I like that question. Yeah. And and we would love some artwork as well. We would love right. it. Uh, by the way, for people going, why video the new more dogs? Uh, I haven't had the chance to print any out. Sorry, there's no more ink in Newcastle right now for all the dog pages from last week. So once we've found some more ink, there'll be some more. Right? Once we've fished a few local squids out the tide and milked them, then we'll exactly. have ink. That's how we live up here. Once you've thrown some bikes in the tide, <laughs> some more squids. How do you milk a squid? I've got no idea. I just made it up because they produce Give me a squid ink. and I'll show you. Why don't you squeeze the head? Uh, well, surely each individual... Like you like your conditioning hair. I don't know. Like Mizunami. That's because he has that real. Number two. Hi, Diddlerinos. Hello. You should do a cameo for Lars Sullivan and ask him, how do you milk a squid? I feel um, I feel bad bringing that up now. It's just how funny. Don't actually buy stuff. Yeah, just watch the funny trailer that's free to, free to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny what he does on there. Hi, Diddlerinos. I've just finished a virtual 874-mile walk slash run from Land's End oh, to John O'Groats. Bloody Christ. Hell. Taking just over five months and raising over a grand for charity along the way. It was a slog at times and one of the things that kept me list oh kept me going was listening to your podcast. Oh Blimey. thank you very much. The miles went by in a flash. And I got more than one funny look when I was laughing out loud at you guys. A also, special- it, was vir- it was virtual walk, but it wasn't just on a treadmill. I'm guessing they like walked around the local area. Oh, okay. I was getting that, confused. Because I'm wondering. I was wondering how can the passers-by of yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. People walking past the house, <laughs> seeing, seeing the house shaking visibly from the laughter. <laughs> a special thanks to Ross for being so open about his mental health as I'd been going through something similar. My question is: If you were to run a marathon, 
which wrestler would you pick to be your sideline supporter slash tier leader? Tag teams can be included as one pick. Keep up the good work and thank you for being a humorous beacon of light in these rubbish times. Kim oh, from Cumbria. Bloody hell, Kim. I love you. A humorous beacon of light. Uh, before I answer that question, yeah, I'd like to say again one more time for Ross's wonderful contributions because we keep on getting messages months and months later. I didn't want to put the, that question because of that. I just thought it was an impressive achievement that should have been brought up on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that. But now, again, i like to point out that, yeah, thank you, for Ross, for being awesome. And about that. And other people now, as you said, like your effects rippling through the, like a beacon of light. Uh, months later, people now messaging to say thank you. So, yeah. well, good lad. And more importantly, though, well done for raising all that money mm. from Land's End to John O'Groats. Bloody mm. hell. But if you were running a marathon, which wrestler would you have to be your sideline supporter, cheerleader? Shane McMahon. No. Get away from him quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. uh, Eddie Kingston would be good because he'd either go yeah you could do it yo and he'd be like a really motivational type well I was in Rikers from it sounds like you're going to start singing Uncle Cracker oh yeah <laughs> yeah we did it with it <laughs> yeah Eddie Kingston singing I got everything I ever wanted <laughs> yeah that make me run um, he'd either do that or be optimistic, tell an amazing story about his childhood, or he'd just threaten us. Yeah. Like a Chikara. <clears throat> Good times. So I would pick uh, him. What about yourself, Jack? The first one that sprang to mind there was Kofi Kingston, for some reason. I think he'd be good. He's he's always good when he's in the role of cheering on the other members of the New Day. And he does that thing. He's really good at repeating the same thing, but it sounds cool every time when he's like, that's how we do. That's how we do. That's how we do. I need that when I'm running. So I'll go for Kofi. Yeah. Alternatively, uh, New Jack singing <laughs> whatever song he feels like. Um, Natural Born Killers? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, but that might get boring. So it switches up. It goes, what do you? And I go, fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Is it fill me up? Build me up. Just to break um, me down. Just to just to break me. Just to build me up. baby. Just let me down. Let, let me down. Mess me, me around. around. Worst of all. Worst of all. Okay, I don't want to get. I don't want to get. I don't want to get bloody copyrighted lads. We're too accurate. We'll get to you seeing the YouTube. Be like, nah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kim from Cumbria, and a special mention now to Streamaholic. Speaking of good people doing oh, good I'm, things. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic work. All the. It sounds weird saying like the part of Cultaholic because like so huge, especially on Discord. Uh, for all the people there, the mods, the mods and sods getting together to do Streamaholic. They set the bar this low and then they did it. Then they set it higher. Then they did it. Then they did it higher again. It already like gone the limit three times before they even put the bloody thing out. So fantastic work. Yeah. Well done. Thanks to everybody in the community who supported. Yeah, and, and thank you very much for watching even, and supporting and donating. Maybe and even else. streaming yourselves. Yeah. Um, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. Woof woof moo moo to all of yous. Ah. <laughs> a good sorry. A good day to our benevolent cult leaders. It says here, question number three. After years of showing absolutely no interest in little sport professional wrestling, my partner has started watching the odd show with me, which has been very nice indeed. Okay. One thing I've really enjoyed is gauging her react now, gauging or gorging? Gauging. Good, just to make sure. Spe- spell gorging, but yeah. said gauging. Gouging her reaction. Gouging her reaction at certain <laughs> wrestling angles. We were watching Dynamite a few weeks ago, 
And during a match featuring Cody Rhodes, she started showing ups. <laughs> oh, come on, really? She started showing absolute contempt over absolutely everything he did. Like, like you and Ross this week. Oh, is this the thing? We could have done this better. Different, different reason, though, Jack. Let me I see. Okay. Oh, I see. I've just read the rest. I read the rest of why. And it turned out she thought his neck tattoo was of a Confederate flag and that Cody's gimmick <laughs> was that he was a white supremacist. <laughs> so my question for you is, what is the wildest misconception you or someone you know has had about a wrestler or wrestling in general? All the best, David from Glasgow. Thank the you, lyric, David. That is lyric, sensational. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go through the lyrics of Cody's theme and wondering if they can be taken in a bad context, like a bit of a... Hard times with better men. My father said when I was younger, it could be, it could be. I don't know. It's the t- it's the neck tattoo, solely the neck tattoo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's, oh, nobody's the American nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> what state's he from? Georgia. <laughs> Although they went blue in the last election, fair play. Anyway, what am I, I saying? I think that's too fixed, isn't it? Um, hmm. No, his tattoo is the Stars and Stripes. They fought the oh, Confederates. Oh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work oh, out, does it? it? Sorry. It doesn't work, but I do admit, it does. It could seem to look a bit, you know, maybe a bit. I'm trying to think of craziest misconceptions, but it's like, it's usually just been, this is crap. I'm like, no, how dare... Oh, right, I know, it's just yeah. vomiting black stuff. Yeah, you're right, sorry. Um yeah, I haven't really got an answer. I just thought it was a fantastic... No, the, you know what? The question's <laughs> way better than the answer. Crazy misconceptions. Well, I mentioned it recently. It might have been the week when Ross when Ross was off and Andrew was in. I mentioned that well, I had a mate when I was a kid who thought that who thought that Rikishi was Farouk. And he'd never heard of Rikishi and didn't think that... You said that in a while. Yeah, that was a... Were you there, Ross, when I mentioned That's this? That's a big mistake. The first I've heard of that. Yeah, we were, watching, we were watching SmackDown and he was like... I remember he was like... There's Farouk, and I was like, no, it's not. And he was like, yeah, it is him and Bradshaw. And I was like, that's not Farouk. And then, because Farouk looks so different to Rikish. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, what? But he refused to, he was older, so I had to go with his word, and it was his house. Like, it was his parents' house, and I was the guest, so I just accepted it, really. But I knew knew deep down that Rikishi isn't Farouk. That's a, that's a big one. I'll try and think of one of my own. If anyone's got oh, one, none. Nah. No. Um. All I could say is again the ones I've used way before in the past. I might as well say it again. I thought Cicosis's hair in WCW was real. Hmm. Crap. I, yeah. I'm sure there's there's got to be something. I I thought that I thought that Chris Canyon was DDP because for the first time I watched WCW was when he was doing the positively Canyon gimmick. Oh. So I so I thought that's who DDP yeah. was until I saw the real DDP and then I was like, "Who was this stalker bloke?" Like I just had no idea like right. what was going on. He's hitting random people answer. backstage with the uh, the diamond cutter. Mm. What was Rick, that, Ross? Robert Rude being Rick Rude's son is something I just thought was a thing oh. until one day it, it uh, that the old name redacted office when I got proven wrong. You say that it was me who said this, but I don't have any memory of this at all. Yeah, it was you. Uh, it's when I used to sit across the way from you, but one desk along. I hope I didn't do it in a condescending way. Oh, it made me feel terrible for once. <laughs> I barely quit the job. It's Lance, on his... He thinks that he thinks that Robert Roode's bloody <laughs> rigorous. <laughs> in fairness, though, 
Rikishi did come out in TNA and call him, oh, Rick Rude, you're a great wrestler. Did he? Uh, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Both, uh, both Rikishi did. Yeah, that amazing Farouk. TNA run. Yeah. Of the APA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, him. Uh, then he went, duh! <laughs> yeah, it's said his famous expression. I damned it for the rock. Oh, <laughs> nice. Mm. Let's move on. Number four. Hello, lads. <laughs> Thank you for your continued work on this great podcast. I thought to continue this new tradition that has been cultivated and give you some Swedish phrases and expressions for you to guest translate. Okay. okay. Here we go. I tried right. to not have too many. Apologies if I failed in that. Let's cut to the chase. Swedish the expression. Pretend that it's raining. To be pessimistic about something. Yeah. To act innocently or inconspicuously. Oh. Pitter patter. Sliding. Oh, sorry. Sliding in on a prawn sandwich. <laughs> is Go that to a fancy restaurant? I'm going to say, is that tackling, overreacting to a small problem? No, to accomplish something without working hard for it. What? Often, <laughs> often off the back of other people's work. Oh, sliding in to eat one that someone else has made. Look not, at this not, guy coming in here, imagine, sliding in on a prawn sandwich, this one. I imagine someone like two <laughs> foot in a prawn sandwich. <laughs> oh, to a Roy Keane. Yeah. Uh, give him back for old cheese. You put a lot in, but you don't get a lot out. Yeah, I'll go with that as well. Let's go on. Getting revenge on someone. Oh. oh. To have ice in the belly. To be... You've eaten a pack of the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be... To have ice in your belly is to be... Um, not easily... Like snake. Not not easily... Um, to have a good constitution. Like, you can... You're not often... You can drink loads and you're not often sick. You know what I mean? Like, you don't often get... You've got an iron constitution. Mm. Keeping calm during a stressful situation. Oh, that makes sense too. I've heard that one before. I wonder where I heard it. You have planted your last potato. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To come runner-up at Eurovision instead of winning it. Clocking off for work at the end of the day. Mm, Clocking off for work. You are done for. Oh. Oh, Similar phrases. Crap boot. What crack boot? No, crap. Crap boot. Shane McMahon crap. A crap I didn't think crap would be part of the boot. Swedish vernacular. Mm. Crap boot. Unless it's the game, craps. No, surely not. A crap boot. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. No I'll idea. S- I'll say a uh, bloody uh, uh, a disco. Who knows? A person who is a complete jerk. Right, right. You're okay. a crap boot ye. Yeah, ye. You've pooped in the blue cupboard. In the blue cupboard? You've done something terrible to someone who didn't deserve it. You put the wrong stuff in the recycling bin. <laughs> Nearly. You've crossed the line or done something you shouldn't have. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd count that. We were both, we were both, we were both yeah. there. Taste is like your bum. What? <laughs> um, you've, you've Mom, got... Mom, your, your hot pot tastes like arse. I'll go for taste in the sense of like opinions. So I'll say that you you like rubbish things. I think that, that translates that. Yeah, everyone has different tastes and opinions. As oh. in, taste is like your bum, divided. <laughs> That's similar to opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's got one. 
And they all stink apart from yours, yes. <laughs> uh, having a fox behind the ear. Cunning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Clever yeah, there. Yeah, it's got to be exactly scary. right, yeah. I think I've heard that before. Mm. Uh, to paint the devil on the wall. Take a risk. An explosive poo. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, assuming <laughs> the worst of a situation, or to make a situation out to be negative, but it might not actually be. Oh, And lastly... Uh, poo pom frit. Oh, actually, can I even say that? Pom, uh, P O M M E S. Frit. Oh, the food. The pom frit. Pom frit. That's right. There we go. Mange too, Rodney. Yeah. Um. God. Um. So poo poo pom frit is a yes. Is that also a really horrible person, like a crap boot? No, an exclamation you would say if you are very surprised. When we say this, we actually say the English word for poo that I can't say here, rather than the Swedish translation. Thank you, Uh, and I hope you're all well. Sincerely, Henrik from Sweden. Thank you, Henrik. You were great for Celtic. Do you think that... Sorry, Henrik. Do you think that... um, Have we had any Spanish ones yet? Because they are always saying... That they s word on the milk and stuff, like they—that's a term meaning like I'm just livid with this, or I'm disgusted. We should I'm, really I'm... keep a map of where we've been so far around yeah. the world, because I've got no idea apart from Sweden now. Where have we been? England, south of London, wasn't it, or something? Australia, yeah, them. New Zealand, uh, we well southern, the southern states of America. That's right. Uh, Germany, maybe Russia. Finland, somewhere east. If a viewer has been keeping track of where we've been, just get a globe or a map. Sorry, yeah. put the little pins in for where we've been. Yes. Wales, we ourselves. Wales, maybe bloody Wales. Yes, please do all the work for us, <laughs> and after you've done it, send it to mailbag at culaholic Good old Reese's Pieces. Hi guys, as a disgusting and filthy mark, I very much enjoyed the ending to AEW's barbed wire deathmatch. I'm very much of the belief that if you're going to fail in wrestling, then make sure you do so in the most spectacular and yeah. entertaining way possible. True. In brackets, hey Matthew from Botchmania, how are you? Oh, is that the same book? Hey Matthew from Botchmania, how are you doing? That's true in- though. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Go big or go. Big show. Uh, in honour of this, <laughs> I have concocted a list of so bad they're good moments and matches and wrestling yes. for Reese's Pieces. I want to know which of these moments gives you the most cynical and sick pleasure. Oh, here we go. Get the cat excited. Where you could watch them over and over and laugh at the misfortune of others each time. Keep up the fantastic work on the podcast, Sean. Thank you, Sean. It's Sean with a hyphen over the A. Oh, is that Sian, maybe? Is it Sian? I'm very much sorry, Sean, but you know what? Make it a mess of your name would be very appropriate for this round, so I'm sure you appreciate it. <laughs> okay. We'll go with the best brain first. Ross can start us off, then take us a jack to this guy here. I'm Hulk clever. Hogan I've enters the brain. Dungeon of Doom, or Hulk Hogan sees the wall? Oh, it's the wall all day long. <laughs> the wall, brother. Nah. The Dungeon what? of Doom, man. No, the, the, the actual wall. dungeon, like not the stable. When he's, creep, when he's creeping in, oh, he's looking all nervous. I've never been room. here before. 
there's no Hulkamaniacs here. And then yeah, he gets like, yeah. he gets his hand and he goes, ah, it's not hot. <laughs> but, every time I laugh at that but the wall's a tiny speck on the horizon miles away Hogan's like that's the wall <laughs> just got good eyesight mm. Hulk Hogan sees the ultimate war- oh, the ultimate warrior in the mirror or Randy Orton sees Bob Orton covered in blood I forgot about that oh I'll go for the former on that one I would as well because I didn't actually mind the Bob Orton thing that much yeah yeah, because they did that one properly. So mm. I'll go with a warrior in the mirror, visible to everybody, but Bischoff can't see or whatever. Yeah. We were in, we, we, all, were we, in Ho- we were in Hogan's mind. Yes, but Ooh, not we, a good place to be. Yeah, uh, mm. the Giant versus Hulk Hogan in a monster truck match, or Big Show versus Akabono in a sumo match. Oh, the monster trucks all day long, followed by the murder. Oh no, sorry, not the murder. Would it have made a difference if he fell in the water? Was it the street or the water? Massive difference. <laughs> Bischoff, yeah. what does it matter? He didn't just he didn't just gives up visibly. He yeah. just goes right. Cool. Depends, well, it depends off the cleanup crew, mate. Yeah, God, someone's got to clean up that pizza stain. It's the it's also the monster match for me. One bit that I really enjoy as well is how you can visibly see the stunt drivers. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Hogan and Giant are like <sighs> monster truck madness. Yeah. The elect oh sorry TNA electrified cage match, WCW Chamber of Horrors, or Horrors as they say in America, or WCW Doomsday Cage match. Oh, wait, was that three tiered one? Doomsday Cage is the one with like nineteen bad guys versus Hogan and Savage. Oh god, I hate, I hate that, that, one. One. that one. I hate it. Chamber this... of Horrors was ninety one Halloween Havoc, I think. The... The the dicky switch, yeah, up the little yeah. butcher, in the yeah. chair going. Oh, I'm dead. You know. Yeah. Uh, the second one for me, the one with Foley, where he has to sort of go. Oop, that didn't yeah. fall down when it shouldn't have. <laughs> well, the split uh, difference. I'll pick the TNA electrified cage match. Oh no! How can you tell it's electrified? Why? We're going to switch the lights on and off while Don West at ringside goes buzz buzz into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh, I forgot about that match actually. God, it's a happy memory. I saw that on, uh, on Reddit this week. I think is that when they teased it for like the match is like twelve minutes long or something before anything happens, and then it's is it Devon who gets thrown into it? I think it's Devon. Devon blades really heavy. Yeah, and it's like what a waste. <laughs> buzz, buzz. <laughs> King of the Road match. Oh, oh, J- oh, another great one. Oh, James Storm versus Chris Harris in a blindfold match. I've not seen that one. But actually, I haven't seen it. So I'll go for the uh, King of the Road. I might go for the blindfold one. Is it the one where the blindfolds keep falling off, or they can see through yeah. them, or something? Like just everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Yeah, because James Storm, I believe, blinded Karis. I think it's that way around. So it's like, ah, well, if I can't see you, I'll have my revenge. We'll both blindfold one another and in a cage, and uh, yeah, the blindfold kept them falling off, and it just rubbish. King of the Road match is more infamous because of its reputation. It's boring as hell with the finished version they put out. So, yeah, the blindfold match, at least with the crowd chanting. Was a Fire Russo during that? <laughs> or already... Yeah, it was during that because they'd already chanted Fire Russo. The last pay-per-view was Sting and Abyss in the the coffin. To set... Oh, that's right on this list. Anyway, carry on. Any original... Oh, sorry, any WWE original Sin Cara match or any AEW Luther match? 
any Luther match, it just looks like he shouldn't be there. I enjoy Luther matches, but the Sincara ones were sad. But Luther's having a ball. He's having yeah. a way over time, so I go for Luther. Yeah, AW's only got Luther on like dark and stuff. And, you know, to do much he made a event a lot longer ago. On he did, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and the Jericho anniversary, whatever. It's like, all right. Um, they hyped up Sincara. Luther's got a really deceptive voice. Do you remember he called out Negative One on his birthday and stuff? And he came out sounding Cowabunga, like... Cowabunga, man. Yo, dude, it's your birthday? <laughs> That's not bodacious, man. And I was like, you're your voice there. Much younger voice than I he I need seems. to check out his um, his Spooky Things podcast YouTube thingy. Have you uh, seen what? this? what? No. He's got like a... Oh, it's all about ghosts and ghouls and all that malarkey, I think. It's on YouTube somewhere. I hope it's like Derek Akora where Luther's playing the role of like, man, he loves death. <laughs> oh, God. Goes around, to, goes around his own house at night. Oh, no. Someone's scary. Someone's watching my match on YouTube. <laughs> sorry. Shawn Michaels versus... Everyone says hey, Luther's a nice guy. I'm sorry. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Hogan at SummerSlam. Uh, Overcellus, I think was the name for that. Really? Oh, 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 Triple H versus Scott Steiner at the Royal Rumble. Oh, SummerSlam all day. SummerSlam for me as well. They're both great, but yeah. Michael's selling during that. It's just staggering. Steiner Maths promo. Or any Steiner promo on Samoa Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a fat man, I'll go for the former. (laughs) The Maths maths one's timeless, I think. I've I've got friends who don't know a thing about wrestling who've seen the Steiner Maths promo. Right. Yeah, that that's ascended. That's yeah. above wrestling now. Uh, but shout out to the other forgotten Steiner line. There's lots of them, but ah, Steiner line. But when he when, went, he's the, when he's the ring announcer as well. Oh, I mean that's never good. But with uh, uh, Samoa Joe, it's like the second time they were feuding. Someone's like, ask him. So, aren't you scared of Samoa Joe? And he's like, Why would I be? He's like he's doing exercise with the weights and stuff. He's like, Why would I be scared, scared of Samoa Joe? Then we'll be scared of him if, if if I was dressed as a Twinkie. We all know that fat bastard can't resist those. <laughs> My God! <laughs> In the Steiner Maths promo, one of my favourite underrated bits is Senior Joe when he just accidentally says Senior Joe. Oh, when people type it down or don't do it, they go, yeah. They'd actually do it like or when in the uh, Twitch chat, especially they do it. It's good, but they don't do they do percents. They, they don't do percent chance. Yeah, percent <laughs> chance. Sixty-two and a third percent chance. I love how he sh- when I showed my mate it he stopped the video like three seconds in and went just to clarify does he shout all the time or he, shout- he shouts all the time yeah that, that <laughs> makes it much better uh, Judy Bagwell on a pole match or Kaz versus Christian Cage in a lot of match to retrieve a clipboard in TNA well, what's no, I bet there was a contract on the clipboard. Was it a clipboard? What's wrong with that match? <laughs> I talk about that match wait, wait, in wait, the wait. video on Christian today and talk about how mint it is. Have I missed something yeah. terrible? Sean, or she knew, as your name may be. Um, <laughs> just, to, just to clarify, mate. <laughs> just to clarify. It's a, it's a contract. Yeah, I'm getting your name wrong as you've got this wrong. It's a contract on a clipboard. It's not for a clipboard. <laughs> is this... Yeah, I love clipboards. No, <laughs> this has to be... Hopefully wrong because I've to- I've waxed lyrical about that match in today's Christian video. I never once looked at the actual clipboard. Christian does that famous promo. He goes, "That's right, I am now king of the clipboard match." No, but it's Captain such a TNA. Clipboard. TNA would forget to put paper on the clipboard, though. Maybe it was. Uh, oh wait, maybe that's it. Did the, did the paper fall off? 
Oh, no way, no. Oh, You know what, Sean? Oh, you know what? No. I, I defer. You're right. I think oh, the, the paper no. the contract flew off at one point. Oh, the match no. was still good, but did good. the contract fall good. off? But they're like, well, the clipboard's still up there. So actually, you know what, John? Uh, you know more about botches than I do. Balls. I'm very sorry. During the match, Cage was legitimately busted open above his eye. In the video, I said he bladed, so that's strike one. Midway through the encounter, the contract fell off the clipboard that hung above the ring, which, <laughs> which changed the objective to just grabbing the clipboard to the <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgotten. I remember that match being good. Uh, Sean, again, I'll say it again. Very sorry. You are right. Kaz won the contest <laughs> after causing Cage to fall off the ladder onto Styles and Tomko, who were interfering on Cage's behalf, and then ascending the ladder to grab the clipboard, thereby becoming number one contender to the right. TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Was that the the Christian Coalition? I think That's so. Stable. Yeah. Drop oh, drop God. a beat. No. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Uh, that or Judy Bagwell? Judy Bagwell for me, after all that. <laughs> I've never seen that match in full, so I've got to go for the clipboard. Which apparently I've never also seen in full because I thought I remembered it, yeah. but I don't. I don't wow. Apparently. Well, clearly I'm getting old and forgetting things, so Same. I'll just say uh, the clipboard match. Just yeah. <laughs> I forgot that moment. Uh, Robocop saves Sting or <sighs> May 19. Oh, Robocop saves Sting. That was legitimate <laughs> turmoil for poor old Kane until Luke, Luke Gallows came out. <laughs> Robocop and Sting as well is so bad. It's good. I love the four horsemen having to run away from a guy dressed as Robocop. Robocop. <laughs> the legendary four horsemen. Uh, Undertaker's Where to, Stephanie? Oh, Undertaker ascends to heaven via the Titantron at Rumble 94. The second one. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, we got the higher power storyline out of the, uh, the other one, so... The Shockmaster makes his debut, or the Yeti makes his debut, and then that's it, really. I'll go Shockmaster, just for the, the, the behind-the-scenes commentary that goes on. He's falling right in his arse. Yeah. I'll go for the Yeti. It's my favourite botch ever, or my favourite bad moment ever. Yeah. It's 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 partly that Shivani can't pronounce Yeti correctly. <laughs> And it's the yeti, and partly because it's not, it's a, it's, not a yeti, it's a mummy, yeah. it's a mummy, which is so stupid. Uh, I hope someone overdubs like the yeti making his debut with Excalibur. Oh my god, is the sprinklers go off? <laughs> oh, it's not even like his first appearance because he burst out with some ice, hadn't he, before that, yeah. just for a second, but it was his first proper appearance. He went, It's me, Chili McFreeze. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Shockmaster is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, and every time I can watch it and laugh a bit harder. Sorry, Yeti, but the Shockmaster wins. Ooh. That was a lovely, lovely Reese's Pieces. If you have any more of those lovely, lovely Reese's Pieces, none of the crap ones, just the good ones, please send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com. It's Cultaholics! The question. Ah, what a ah. stupid podcast, <laughs> Matthew. Oh, you think this is a game? Uh, but we have one last big question for you. What do you mean, last? <laughs> and that is: Are there too many championships or titles, if you're that way inclined, in WWE? Straps, straps, belts. I mean, the obvious. Are yes. we all gonna? Are we all gonna say yeah? Yeah, I was gonna say for the for the purposes of 
Well, first, let's talk about why there are too many, but then maybe let's think of some counter-arguments, guys. Let's play devil's advocate, you know? Yeah, um, people but like yeah, I think there But yeah, I think there are too many belts, yeah. I was going to say, why do people say play devil's advocate? I saw that film, and he wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, is this... Presumably, we've chosen this question because of the recent introduction of the NXT women's tag team titles. Yeah. Yes. So we've got them. We've got the main roster women's tag belts. We've got the IC belt, US, WWE, Universal, 24-7, NXT, NXT Women's. Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight. Other Cruiserweight. UK. That might be it. But that's a lot. That's UK just, Women's. Let's just disregard. Raw UK Tag Team. Raw Tag Team. Smackdown Tag Team. Progress World Championship. ICW. ICW. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a lot. I yeah. reckon now there's competition in the world, right? Or just other outlets in America that like people are taking seriously. Get rid of the brand extension. Whoa. Cut your cut your roster in half. Just throw that's, why, <laughs> that's why that's why all these titles are around, aren't they? Because this is bred from a time where there was no like proper like an AEW round who people take properly seriously, you know what I mean? On on a massive level. You can throw around millions of pounds to give to I know what TNA did back in the day, but it went bows up from there, didn't it? Hogan and all that stuff, but mm. cut the roster in half. Just have like one show. Well, have Raw and SmackDown back in the day, but have them both bleed over onto each other. Get rid of your your brand specific titles. There's your half your belts gone immediately. Have one women's tag team division across NXT and the main roster, which you had already, but you couldn't make do properly. I've got no idea what the answer is. Everybody, I thought I was onto a winner there. No, but you are. You are. I was enjoying it. Just, yeah. <laughs> Just but I do everything in half. But I do, I do like the brand split, regardless of whether it makes the product better or not. Because I like things in little yeah. compartments. It makes me, makes me feel safe. It's all the same, though, isn't it? It is. It is also. And then the brand split happens, and and I mean, then the draft happens, and everyone gets jumbled up. Yeah. I'm I with hate, Jack. Oh, sorry, come. I was just saying, I hate those first few weeks after a, a draft where you're like, which roster's Miz on? <laughs> For an article or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on uh, your side, Jack. I like the idea of the draft, uh, the draft extension, but yeah, the brand extension where everything's decompartmentalized. You know which brand to see. You know, mm. make sure you actually want to watch a particular show because mm. sometimes Raw's been good, sometimes SmackDown's been crap, and vice versa. And the thing is, that works when you have a full roster. During these, don't say it, COVID times, they've carried on as if everything's all right. There's nothing, no, nothing to panic, nothing, no, don't worry, everything's all right. And it's clearly not been the case. They don't have enough people on the roster uh, to keep it going. So the fact that they have all these titles and things and they don't mean that much is weird. NXT, I think, can get away with it because they seem to have done a much better job with that. I don't know why that is. There's not maybe, been that many issues with NXT. Well, there have been, actually, but you know what I mean. Maybe part of it's that their titles change hands less frequently. As well. There we go. That's a much better way of saying that. Might be why. Yeah, maybe. No, I was thinking that might be a reason for it, because it makes them mean more. So it doesn't necessarily matter that they've just introduced a new tag mm. belt. Maybe. And I, I reckon NXT will do a better job just because of the sheer amount of women they've got down there in the division and like yeah. the no, main absolutely. rosters tag teams. They're always just thrown together, aren't they? There's there's very few proper women's tag teams that you would go. Oh, they are actually a tag team, not just two singles people put together. My favourite tag team is Mandy and Dana, for example. Because they are both blonde and they well, have yeah, muscles. Well, yeah, and they're strong, yeah. Yeah. Naomi and Lana both enjoy dancing. Shayna and Nia don't like each other but stay together because of 
gold. They're both hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlotte, who else Charlotte, is there? Charlotte and Asuka. Yeah. There's, oh, no yeah. Proper, there's no proper tag teams. They split up the Iconics and they were the only proper tag team in the women's division. Sasha and Bailey, I guess, could be considered as one, but they, their story okay. is long and winding, isn't it? Yeah. yeah they had a good story that just happened to have the women's tag titles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alexa and uh, Nikki. How did they become a thing? It looked so, like it was so weird because it looked like Alexa was just using Nikki to win tag matches. And it's like, oh, she's just setting her up. And then she never turned on her. It's like, yeah. oh, it's actually good friends. That's Bailey, nice. Bailey kept going, don't trust Alexa, she's bad. And Alexa went, actually, it's Bailey who's the bad one. And then she was mm. right in the long run. Yeah. Oh, well done, Alexa. And, now and then she got possessed. Now she's a demon. <laughs> and Nikki is a sassy cowgirl. Employed, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you name all the champions in WWE? This show by show, Let's show by Monday, show. Monday Night Raw, you have your Go WWE champion, which is Bobby Lashley. Uh huh. You have your Raw Tag Team champions oh. in the Hurt Business, Shelton and Cedric. Yeah. Then you have the US champion, which is Riddle. Yeah. Yep. The women's tag titles are seen more on there than anywhere else. So that's Shayna and Naya. Wait. No. Is it not? Did, did Charlotte? I thought it was Charlotte Nasker. Is it Charlotte Nasker? Yeah. Weren't Shania just on NXT last week? Shania? I like that. I don't... No, they did um, win. You're right. No, I think I'm wrong. Oh I'm my sorry, God. Mate. Yes, we're wrong. It's Shania. It's Shania. Okay, <laughs> Ross currently in the lead. Yeah. Shania. Who else is on Raw? That's it for Raw. No. 24-7 champion is Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Matt, well, NXT's on a Wednesday. Let's go for NXT. NXT champion is Finn, Finn Balor. Balor. Did we do Raw Women's Champion, Asuka? Raw Women's Champion's Asuka as well. There you go. That's, that's oh, the full set Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that, but that's, to be fair, that's not our fault. She's just never... Well, I know she's not seen currently... She's not been on for a while, though. But um, even when she was fit, she was very much an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Which oh, is a shame. That's terrible, a, that's a yeah. different issue by itself. She's um, being la- I've heard she's lazy. I'm joking. It's not her fault at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, NXT. <laughs> the Champion's Balor for the men. Uh-huh. Shirai for the ladies. Uh-huh. Um... Shotzi and Ember are the women's tag team champions in NXT. The men's tag team champions are Danny and Bonnie still, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, I had no idea who that was. Actually, checking on that, you've got two Cruiserweight champions. No, it's MSK. No, no, MSK won the Dusty Classic. Yeah, MSK is Dusty Classic champions. You're right. It's Birch and Lorcan. Escobar and Devlin are the two Cruiserweight champions. Mm. (laughs) Volta. If we're doing UK. Yeah, oh, God, the UK. Uh, oh, the, the UK, man. That's oh, my God, the UK oh, tag team deadly. champions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sad that I know that. Um, and the women, great. I'm just going to check how long Volta has been the UK champion. For 700 days, I reckon, now. Must be closing in on 700. Do we do a UK Why are you doing champion? that? Smackdown. Smackdown. Universals, Roman Reigns. Uh, Intercontinental champion is... Big E, who makes his return oh, this yeah, week. Oh, yeah, he's been injured, yeah. Uh, tag team are the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> oh, God. Because they're ducking and diving the Street Profits, which, by the way, I've been making them WTF moments on that thing that three people watch. That uh, uh, The Street Profits are um, complaining about the fact they haven't got a rematch because, obviously, they made rematch clauses, automatic rematch clauses, a thing of the past, didn't they? 
But after all this week, I reckon they've made them a thing again, but not told anybody. So I need to apologise, presumably, maybe, to the Street Profits. Mitch has just proved his journalistic credentials by listing all of the titles in the uh, in the chat. And if you don't include if you don't include like Devlin's cruiserweight belt, I think we're done. But, aren't we? but you do include the uh, North American, by the way. Oh Christ, Johnny Gargano. Is, is he still? Is it still him? I've got absolutely no idea. Yeah, it's <laughs> just from that. Yeah, that therapy session he had it on, didn't he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because he beat Kushida, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, people there's... sat at home going, e, I can do this easily, right? But when there's a camera on, it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? It's a different are... kettle of fish. Yeah, and when, Plus, and when you, you know, we skip the bits we don't like. And when you're paying attention <laughs> to other things, like, personally, I'm really in a Gato Move, and when I'm paying attention to all the Gato Move champions, it's hard to keep all of them in your brain. Um, That's right. Apparently, there's 19 championships across the brands, if you include NXT UK. That's right. And, and Ricky and Shane Page is still the Game Changer Wrestling Champion. So I found the entire lineage of the... It's now the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Oh, that's Tyler, great, Jack. I'm happy for you. Tyler Bate was the first champion. He had it for 125 days. Then Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne for 685 days. And then well, uh, Volta for 707 days and counting. And then what happened after that? And Nothing, because he's still champion, because he's Volta, and he's the best. Uh, he's defended it twice, mate, so mind your neck in. That's all he needs to <laughs> Yeah, Christ, wait a minute. Has it really only been twice? No, right? no, he's, he's always had good... His title defences are usually very good, aren't they? Yeah. Ilya. But it may have been twice Pete only, no, and I wouldn't Pete... believe you. Let's find uh, out before the end of this. Oh, thing. God, you know, you know so what? That, no. Answer the question. The fact that there's 19 would suggest that the answer oh. to the question is yes. Yes, but we thought it stretched out a bit longer to be slightly more entertaining than just saying yes and end the call. Although someone argued that was probably going to be a this experience. this cannot be this cannot be true. Ooh. Oh, it's not true. It's fine. Are you on cage match. Aye, I found the cage match is the reliable one, not not the other one. What's it? Pro Fight DB or something? Mm-hmm. Pro Fight DB just didn't have as many yeah. results of shows. So. No, he's defended quite a few times. Most recently against Akid, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Dave Mastiff, he defended it against. Have you got the thing changed to TV shows and pay-per-views? Yeah, I'm avoiding the house shows, don't worry. You've Walter against... doesn't work house shows. <laughs> he does. He's defended against Pete Dunne on loads of house shows, apparently. What? Um, sorry to... Sorry. Um, Joe Coffey. Uh, Jordan Devlin, I do not remember that one. You know what? I'd love to hear you list all the NXT UK roster, Jack. Uh, Joseph Connors, number front and centre. Yeah. But I think after the three of us were struggling there, I helped from Mr. Laptop and uh, Captain Google to uh, save the day, uh, to name all the championship holders. Nearly got it, though. Ross was doing very well. But we all forgot about the North American title, didn't we? Hey, Johnny Gargano, just saying. So if you think there are two little belts, yeah, maybe there needs to be even more belts. Please let us know in the uh, comments. But for now, we have been... Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. Ross, what do you have on tap until next time we meet? Um, I'll be streaming FIFA-licious on Sunday evening, BST time. Um, continuing the career mode of Newcastle United. And Putin, by the way, famous FIFA streamer, YouTuber to shame. Put Mark Goldbridge to shame. He started a Newcastle one. And he signs Ooh. Phil Jones. He signs, Phil, <laughs> he signs Basuma from Brighton, Matthew. Crap compared to the likes of Mr. Fafana and Camavinga that I've got, and Mr. Boadu, who have signed for Newcastle. It's a, it's a, it's a shame we're far smaller than Mark Goldbridge. 
Um, but that's that's all I've got in the pipeline. I've got no straight to hells or anything. So, uh, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> and, yourself, and yourself, Jack. Listen out for me on radio, BBC Radio Sunderland for the Tom Campbell's build. I don't think it's going to be a very long segment, but, you know, you might catch me uh, for the build to the Papa John's Trophy final between Sunderland and Tranmere. Come on, Sunderland. Rub on me. Uh, and also... Stay tuned for the cheese pizza. <laughs> cheesy chips. Cheesy chips. Wembley Malcolm's love cheesy chips and blue pop, apparently. Um, and uh, on Wednesdays, myself and Owen, stream football manager, we've started our second season. And guys, five five wins from five games. We are It's our year. We are flying. We've got Greedy Gavin. He's one of the new signings. Greedy Gav. He's a greedy boy. He, we would right a funny story just briefly. We were doing a contract negotiations to sign. <laughs> look at Matthew die inside. <laughs> we were doing the um, contract negotiations to get him in, and he went, "Oh, I'll take those wages, but um, if I get ten assists, you have to give me like a grand at the end of the season." We were like, "Ten assists, quite a lot of assists." So when yeah, all right then, and then he added on, "Oh, and if I get fifteen assists, you've got to give me another grand and a half." And we were like, "Okay." So far, five games in, he's got no assists, but I'm scared. Ten assists is a lot. He's not going to get 10 assists. In a 46-game season? He's not going to. <laughs> he, he, scored a, he scored a goal. I think he was trying to lay it off, but he scored. And he, he's not a... Like, he's a midfielder, and he plays in the midfield three, but he's not an attacking midfielder. He's just a midfielder. And he reckons he's going to get... Greedy Gav. What's he like? Anyway, for more fun like that, the characters are really starting to get some depth now after a season in the league. Just check out our Twitch streams every Wednesday from 6pm UK time. Matthew, well, what, have what have you got? If going that doesn't on? get you excited, nothing will. <laughs> I will be streaming probably the last, because I'm near the end. Touch wood. Probably just screwed myself there. Uh, part of the original Resident Evil 1 playthrough. Resi. That's, a bit, that's right, Resi. Um, bit of director's cut so we've got the amazing soundtrack performed by not performed but composed by the guy who pretended to be deaf this is says on the Wikipedia page the person who went round to assess whether he was genuinely deaf uh, didn't think much of him especially as during their meeting the doorbell rang and the supposed <laughs> deaf man got up down to the door uh, that'll be happening 6pm you might have had a buzzer you might you never know Affleck goes on last week for a bit there Matthew um, last week and Mr Purple Aki was the topic of discussion. No! How have you got there? <sighs> and you were saying... Look, you, the chat you, we have is pretty you amazing. Saying, you were saying you popped out the house just in case you could see him. <laughs> oh, okay. So to end it, <laughs> right, my his, quick story was... his day trip to Newcastle. My story was, I mean, you, you, I love that you look at all the good bits, but... <laughs> I guess like, yay! But... But... It came with the Newcastle Chronicle. Like, the, the, the song, I was like, hey, Sex pest scene in city center, and me, oh, you saw that one. Ah, there'll be purple Aki. We clicked it, it is purple Aki. He's in Newcastle. So, yeah, I went, I went to the city to see if I could. <laughs> well, he is seven foot, he, he is massive. So, you know, yeah, god, yeah. you know, what, I think I, I think I've helped myself. Yeah, the stories we told that bloody show, were, <laughs> anyway, for more, day, more no, stories. That, that day, that day, god. the excitement in the office was rife. We were. Off our lips when Aki came to Newcastle. We're getting rumors straight to hell. <laughs> Apart from Owen, who was 
apart from Owen, who was quite scared. Yeah, bless her. <laughs> it was literally like, was it was was it like within the first month or two that Owen moved up here from Liverpool and Pert Malaki followed, followed him? him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and we were like, did so did you hear about him growing up? He was like, uh, my mum used to scare me with it. Like parents used to scare their kids, like, don't stay out late, Aki'll get you. <laughs> He's like a like a bogeyman. Oh god. Well right, moving on. Thank you for the people still listening to this. God help you. It's been tremendous listening to you. Of course, patreon.com forward slash cultaholic to vote for those three amazing picks. And mailbag.com. Mailbagholic.com. Look, leave me alone. Mailbagholic.com. No, I'm laughing, I'm laughing at just the last five minutes. Yeah. Look, it's been a journey, it's been a venture. We can't wait to have another one with you next week. We're ending the podcast now, possibly forever, by putting our hands up to the camera. And I count to three, saying our slogan, which is one, two, three. Join us. Join us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.